Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 66, a Ruin episode of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. A podcast that is so Warhammer that one of us is infinite, the other is divine, and you can decide who is who. <laughs> I'm your host, Matt, and joining me as always, a guy once compared to a Necron destroyer, but it just turned out his local store had sold out of nights. It's Cameron. How you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm doing very good, thank you. Uh, the desire for destruction has grown dim within, only temporarily. <laughs> Bring me knights to build or biologicals to exterminate. I care not which. <laughs> wow, that's it. You're a simple guy, Cameron. You know what you want. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we are, episode 66, and I've sort of hinted at what we're going to be talking about. This is going to have a very Necron feel to this episode. Oh, yes. This is the one we've been waiting for for quite a while. Uh, like I said, this is a Ruin episode, so it's all about the lore. And um, for this whole episode, we're going to be talking about the novel The Infinite and the Divine. Said so you've been warned, we have warned you probably at least two mm-hmm. episodes in advance that we're going to be talking yes. about this one. And <laughs> it's going to be good, I assure mm-hmm. you. But yes. before we get into that, let's do a little bit of news and admin just for the show. So last episode, our Realm episode 65, we did mention that, you know, a little while ago we hit 100,000 downloads. Woo! And so we're doing Woo! a giveaway and the giveaway should still be open by the time you listen to this one or the well, I suppose it depends when you get around to listening to this one. Obviously, if you listen to well, it yeah. in five months' time, I'm afraid it's going to be closed. But if you yeah. do get a chance to enter with the basically closing date being the 1st of December 2020, uh, like I said, you can enter our, our giveaway competition where basically you tell us either on Discord, Twitter, or going to our website, tell us what your favorite faction is and why. And the prize will be well, two prizes technically. Each of us, myself and Cameron, are going to basically do a kitbash conversion character of the faction that you mention in your answer, basically. So mm. there is still time to enter. We've had some really yes. cool entries so far. In it to win it, as they yes, say. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so also another cool little bit of news. Uh, this is uh, maybe applicable to some people, is this show you can now listen to on amazon music we're down mm-hmm. with the amazon kids now so like i said if you <laughs> listen to you know use amazon music for your music and podcasts obviously then yeah we're on there as well so if that means something to you happy days get on it mm. and uh lastly as always you can find the links to all the cool things that we have available like our discord server uh, our affiliate links and such like down in the show notes um and actually i was gonna mention this for a while you know give us a lovely five star itunes review it's been a crap year for a lot of people (laughs) you know let's brighten up our day with a lovely five star review that would really make our day so but no (laughs) only joking like i said only if you feel we deserve it but that would be nice Mm. (laughs) yeah cool right (laughs) i think it's uh time cameron time that's a a very important Uh, thing we're about to uh, talk about (laughs) uh i think it's time to talk law here we go infinite and the divine so 
we're going to do something a bit different for this one, really, because obviously we've mm. covered quite a lot of Black Library novels over the time of doing this show. And for yes. regular listeners, you're probably used to us, you know, basically talking in a you know very summary way about the novel obviously we bounce around and just basically you know have a discussion about it and talk about the various you know cool bits that we've you know liked in the book or you know this is interesting or what about this but you know it it is a bit you know bouncing around so we thought with this novel we'll do it slightly different purely because it deserves it and that is that we're going to basically go from the novel from start to finish. Obviously we're not going to go into every single thing because obviously it would be a silly long show if we did that. But what we're going to try and do is, like I said, make it a more methodical way, you know, sort of almost like chapter by chapter go, this happens. And then we'll, you know, talk about the cool things because this novel is so damn good it really deserves that sort of attention (laughs) and we're devoting this whole episode to it there's not going to be a discussion topic at the end it's purely going to be about this novel now obviously if you've not read it yet that's fine you know obviously you know go maybe go read it and come back and listen to this show but i would say you know if you're you know i'm in an r in about it i still think you could get away with listening to this you know show and then yeah, maybe go and read yeah. it. I think mm. you know. Do you do you agree with that, Cameron? There, there's enough small level detail that we will not be hitting that is yes. still absolutely worth experiencing for yourself. And also, Robert Rath, author of this novel, deserves your patronage. So if you listen to the yeah. show first, still yeah. go buy the book. Yes, like he, he has knocked it out of the park with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. No, I, I completely agree with that. I think, yeah, it, it's it's so worth reading. Okay, yeah, we're going to spoil things, obviously, because we're talking about the whole novel from start to finish. But yeah. ultimately, there's so many cool little bits that we're not going to cover because, like I said, we, we won't have the time to do that. It will still be worth reading. This is a, you know, I, I, I don't feel bad saying that or this is a special novel, I think. This mm. is one of the, you know, arguably one of the best Black Nightbreed novels you will potentially read in my opinion yes. and, and i think yeah. cameron feels the same so you know it is definitely worth <laughs> it so but again it's your call you know it maybe go le- uh, read it first uh or, or be like me where you listen to it and then read it afterwards like i i've bought it twice <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love this one the so book's much. so nice he bought it twice <laughs> exactly i i ended up getting the audible version which is very good uh rob mm. uh is it robert reed i think that's his name um no richard reed sorry he's uh yeah sorry it's robert rath and richard reed <laughs> they're the two there we go. yeah <laughs> two gentlemen involved with this uh so yeah robert rath obviously is the author who hopefully may listen to this episode because i do i do know mm. he does listen to our stuff so yeah uh, hopefully you'll appreciate this episode <laughs> and, let uh, us go through your book in exacting detail and praise you Let's exactly <laughs> And uh, Richard Reed, like I said, did the the voice acting for it, and he did a very good job of it as well. But I I felt I had to then go and buy the the Kindle version as well because I felt like mm. you, sometimes when you listen to the the audio version, you don't catch certain things or you silly things like oh, I wonder how that's spelt, you know, so you can sort of visualize yeah. it and things like that. Again, that's where you it's nice to have like obviously a physical copy or a, obviously a digital copy as well. So mm. I was just being greedy, but it's worth it. <laughs> so uh yeah so that's basically what we're going to do this book is based in uh four acts and then they've got mm-hmm. you know about half a dozen or so chapters 
uh, in between. Uh, we will have a break roughly halfway through so we can hmm. compose ourselves <laughs> from all the excitement that yeah, we would have. Rest been. our voices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So that would be basically the plan for this one. Um, so let's kick it off. Um, one thing I was going to ask, actually, Cameron, have you, you've got the physical yes. version, haven't you? Have, you got, the, yes, have you got the back of it that you can read out? Yes, I, I do. Have that. If you so yeah. Yes, please. Before the being called the Emperor revealed himself, before the rise of the Eldari, before the Necrontier traded their flesh for immortal metal, the world was born in violence. Even when they inhabited bodies of flesh, Trazen the Infinite and Orokin the Diviner were polar opposites. Trazen, a collector of historical oddities, presides over a gallery full of the most dangerous artifacts and people of the galactic past. Orokin, a chronomancer without peer, draws zodiacs that predict and manipulate the future. But when an artifact emerges that may hold the key to the Necron's next evolution, these two obsessives enter a multi-millennia game of cat and mouse that ends civilizations, reshapes timelines, and changes both forever. As riddles unwind and ancient secrets are revealed, the question remains, will their feud save the Necron race or destroy it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah oh, that's actually a really good summary of it i mean it, mm. it i mean before we get into it like i said we have yes. gushed about this on previous episodes and we're <laughs> already starting to gush about it now um uh, in your opinion cameron you know before we get into the, the proper yes. meat of it what do you, why do you feel people should read this um so 40k why am i 40,000 wadi foul as some people have called it in the past <laughs> <laughs> apparently that was the official nickname for it um oh wow uh yes uh was based heavily as essentially a satirical sci-fi setting and it's lost a little bit of that shine over time like it's all still there but it's being presented much more like propagandistically i guess is the way i would say it like you know mm-hmm. the space marines are heroes and chaos is pure evil and the Z- the aliens are scary, and oh, look at Gilliman with his halo and his <laughs> very Aryan features. Um, <laughs> uh, but this is a book that for me cuts to the core of what 40k is, which is it's a big epic. It's a galactic scale epic, mm-hmm. you know, big epic space opera that is indescribably funny at times <laughs> that is yeah. very clearly aware that it is not just a tragedy not just an action film but it is definitely 100% also a comedy like yes, definitely there there are there are bits in this book that i felt like touch deep within i was like wow mm. that's like mm. that's really like touching that's a, a deep thing that's a good look at the state of the world in this setting and then it's you know <laughs> Oricon and Trazen go to the theater. Oricon and Trazen have a millennia-long blood feud in the wo- in the webway. <laughs> yes. All this kind of stuff, like <laughs> there's all kinds of petty nonsense. Orcs cheering for one of them after they beat a war boss to death with a with a stop button, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> like it is, it is such a good ride. It is. It is very much Trazen and Orokan's excellent adventures. Yep. Uh, it is, It is. I would say, best described as the Warhammer take on that. They're not necessarily traveling through time overall. They're mostly going forwards. But yes. just that dynamic mm-hmm. really sets this book apart. Like, 
there, there are there are there are Black Library novels where you really feel the characters. You know that they, they yes, feel definitely. alive. They're very good characters. I would say Fabius Bile uh, is one of them in his books. Uh, some of the Stormcast in various Josh Reynolds works again. Um, <laughs> he was very good at that. Uh, he was. But this is the most dynamic duo, and by dynamic, I mean not necessarily active, because you know no. at one point. Orican sits down for 66 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, just the, the level of depth, the interaction between them, it is one of the most believable relationships I think I have read in a Black Library book, and it is mm. the star of this novel. Yeah. And it is just, yeah, it is just two angry old men playing pranks on each other and trying <laughs> to beat each other to a treasure, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I I agree with all of that. I think I think in a way it's hard to actually put it into words. Like you said, this is mm. your. I think you've hit it on the head there, where you, it makes you feel stuff which yeah you don't always associate with you know black library stuff really because you know mm. you know we've you and I have enjoyed a lot of novels that we've that we've read and spoke about yeah. on this show, and a lot of them you know you're like this was cool that was cool, you know, and, and this, you know, whatever, but a lot of this novel, it, it, it's got so many layers to it. It's, it's, like I said, it's hilarious. I've actually literally laughed out loud. Yeah. And reading this, <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that with a, a black no. novel. And <laughs> then you, you'll get almost quite poetic type mm. scenes in this, you know, uh, the way that Robert has actually described some of the things. Yeah. Is, is that mm. very poetic way of doing things? It it's there's some grim things in it. Again, you know, it's not. Oh, yeah. It is a fun. It is a funny book. Uh, you know, many times during this, during reading this, but like I said, it is quite grim at times. It's clever as well. There's lots mm. of in. That's why we have to sort of almost cover this from start to finish because there's lots of clever little you know not you know oh, nods yeah. to something that happened earlier or yeah. like so, or, or something will click in your head. We're like, wait mm. a minute. And you connect oh, the dots yeah. with it. Yeah, <laughs> this, bo- this book about. employs uh, this book employs my favorite Chekhov's device, which is Chekhov's hunter killer missile used as a jetpack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. It, it, in 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 sort of ice. That's why you know if we covered it in the in the usual way, a lot of this wouldn't make much sense. But it, when you mm. actually combine it together, it will make a lot yeah. more sense. And it, yeah, exactly. It shows you some great <laughs> insights into Necron history, which I think is always mm. one of the better histories in of any of the factions in, in 40 K you know, when we've covered like the war in heaven and things like that, it's, it is very mm. interesting. Um, you're, you know, you're getting cameos from certain other factions and races as well. Um, oh yeah, there's just so, there's so yeah. much to this one. It, it is, re- mm. uh, it is a real special novel. Um, oh, I, yeah. you know, yeah. I think it, it, cause the thing is what this one, and I think why it was quite clear that we needed to cover that, cover it is, you could easily pass over this one, you know, because you're thinking, mm. oh, it's just, you know, and that's no disrespect to any of it. It's like, oh, it's just another Necron novel. You know, we're seeing a few of these and, yeah. you know, it, it, you could see it doesn't, it may not stand out for any particular reason. Mm. Whereas, mm. Uh, you know, it's the, one, the sort of novel like everyone, you must, must read this. You, you know, oh, you're yes. absolutely yes. in for a treat. Yes. You know, more than anything. If, no- if nothing else, if you've read a lot of Black Library fiction, I cannot tell you how refreshing it is to hear the word human twice in the mm. first 200 pages of a book. Like, the first half of this book, humans are literally a footnote in, like, 
one conversation. <laughs> yeah. The Imperium doesn't exist for the first half of this book. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. most of it's pre-heresy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it is so refreshing, that entire sh- swinging of focus. Like, there are, there are, um, there's obviously the whole Age of Sigma range, but for 40k books, like, there's the, the Paths book for the Eldar. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, that deals with the Imperium a little bit, I believe. Um, like, there's the, there's some, there's a couple of Tau books, but those are all about Tau fighting space marines, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah. And then everything else is, is about the Imperium, which, sure, they're like our viewpoint into that, into the universe of 40k, because they're the humans. This is good, though. It's mm. so different. It's so yeah. nice. And then when the Imperium does come in, you're like, oh, yeah, these guys. Let's see yeah. how they're interpreted <laughs> through this style of book. It's, it's, yeah. It is super refreshing. And then when they do come in, it's, you're not mad that they're there because because it it's makes context. sense with how the book progresses. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, I agree, I agree with that. It, 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 yeah. It, it's funny that basically humanity is a side note in this whole novel. And like you said, oh, that's yeah. great. And it feels it because it, <laughs> it's almost like you don't miss humans being in this, even though, like I said, mm. they do. You know they are in it for a bit, but not you know not to any massive. They're not scale. the focus. Yeah, they're no. not the focus when they're in it. Like no. the focus is the world they are on. It's like oh, yes. the humans happen to be here, but don't worry about the humans. Got to worry about the orcs, or we got to worry about yeah. this or that. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and and one last thing before we kick on with it in a second mm. is it. I know again you can apply this logic to any novel, but it feels like a movie. You can see yes. how this oh plays God. out. The the, the, yeah. the scenes that you know some of the some of the comedic scenes in this, you you could literally visualize this happening. You know, like mm. things that happened to the at the trial later that we'll talk about. You know, when when Oricon realizes he's mucked up again, he's like, shit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> rewinds time again, and you know, yeah, it plays on all those things. You can literally visualize everything i think in this and um and again mm. especially if you listen to the 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 audiobook it'll make it even better i find as well so yes um right okay let's kick off um and I, well and i suppose again before we kick off saying that uh, i think <laughs> uh, with obviously the main two characters obviously being trazin and uh, orican uh, obviously you may you know people listening may or may not know about their history in general but mm. if you know i suppose if you had to summarize them trazin uh, is an overlord a necron overlord who likes his uh his poker balls and likes to basically <laughs> capture you know history literally yeah. yeah he likes to catch them all uh to put into his uh his uh you know his his library his and his his yeah. museum, basically. It belongs in a museum, sums his character up. <laughs> yes, that's it. He is literally trying to, you know, and as we've said before, he has got a life-size clone of Fulgrim. <laughs> He's also, he also possesses one singular Osaka E. Creed saved from the fall of Cadia. <laughs> exactly. That's like... it. He... It's crazy what he's got. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got all kinds of shit. Shit you wouldn't believe. <laughs> yeah, it's it, he basically wants to preserve as much as possible. You know that as you know yeah. for history and you know to obviously to reveal to the the uh, the Necron Empire as it starts uh, waking up basically. Mm. Um, and mm. in contrast, Orican is 
Uh, he's a chronomancer, isn't he? But he's a cryptic yeah. chronomancer slash astromancer as well. He's a bit of a combination mm. of various. He's a genius. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very you smart. Know, uh, he is, and basically, uh, you know, as his name, the, the the diviner is, he he can basically tell the future to a certain degree. Um, mm. Can manipulate things. He can effectively, you know, manipulate time as well. Yes. Um, which. So, and which we'll see a lot of, you know, time yes. plays a lot yes. of things in this uh, <laughs> novel. It is a very prominent uh, factor, I would say. But mm. all right, let's go on with it. Go on, let's do it. Yes. So, yes. Act, Act one, one, Maiden World is the uh, mm-hmm. the first one. So, first chapter. Um, right. So this one, this one's quite again quite a nice sort of scene setting one. This is basically mm. where you get uh, effectively a description of the sort of evolution of what at this point is a nameless sort of planet, which will become very important all the way through this novel. You know, you get reference to, you know, where the fish become lizards, as you know, um, reference to, there's actually a really cool reference to fossils and skeletons. Like it compares it to to the way Necrons are like that as well. Mm. Um, And then basically we get a scene with a Saurian scavenger. So imagine, you know, basically a big dinosaur, yeah, on this T-Rex, world, basically. yeah, basically a T Rex <laughs> uh, ends up meeting Necrons for the first time. Um, yeah, and yeah. Isn't, isn't this bit where they where this Saurian scavenger sort of vomits, thinking it's been poisoned because of yeah, because its its brain is like this has to be a hallucination. We ate yes. something poisonous. Yeah, so it just sees a UFO. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's an alien. Me, it's an alien first contact, but instead of people, it's a T Rex just sees a UFO swing in and throws up immediately <laughs> because yeah. it's so uncanny and weird to it. It's, yeah, it's uh, that again, that is such an awesome start to, yeah. to the novel. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> dinosaurs and necrons, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, you wanted Eldar Exodites. How about necrons riding carnosaurs? <laughs> because that's a possibility. Yeah. It could happen. Oh, yeah. They were around for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, God. yeah, it's, it's it's a nice, you know, nice opening chapter in the sense that it's very mm. nice and descriptive. And it, it, you know, it's, you know, again, you know how, you know, evolution works and things like that. So, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, imagine man. that. I almost thought Robert was going to go for the big bat because it's like talking about, you know, jungles and life and all these different environments. So there's dinosaurs everywhere. And I went, wait. The Necrons went to sleep at the end of the Cretaceous period, like mm. circa our timeline. Is he making the pool? Is this Holy Terror? It's not Holy Terror. <laughs> but I was like, for, for a second, I was really like, did Necrons settle Terror before humans evolved? Oh, if only. Could you imagine God, that? that, that <laughs> can you imagine this entire book, but it's Trazen and Orican running around in the cities in Holy Terror doing yeah. stupid shit? <laughs> I could imagine that. That's the sequel we need, I think. <laughs> yeah. This exact story, but just shift it, you know, a few thousand mm. light years to the galactic east. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. So, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's basically the uh, chapter one. So uh, what happens next, Cameron? Uh, well, we get to chapter two uh, and we get, uh, we don't know it's technically the same world, but it, this all focuses on one planet. So this is yes. the same world. Um <clears throat> Oh, pardon me. Swallow some water wrong. Um, Trazen, the infinite, has woken up a little ahead of schedule. By a little ahead of schedule, we mean, you know, 10 to 20,000 years early. You know how it is. (laughs) 
Uh, and so, you know, he, he's doing some regular trades in the infinite things. He's collecting. He's launching an all-out uh, all out assault on an exodite world. Um, this this book starts with a bang, with Trazen launching a Terminator-style assault on the Dino Riders. Yes. <laughs> essentially, which... That's a good start, I gotta yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, it is it is really fun to see, like, the equivalence to all the Aspect Warriors, but played out with them on dinosaurs. It's I so I gotta cool. say. It's yeah. so good. Especially the um the the night ones. Yeah, that's it. it yeah, it it just you know, again, you you know, we people, you know, love this sort of stuff. Like I said, Eldari, Eldar on dinosaurs and it, it mm. just works in this. It fit like like you said, straight away you're into quite a you know, kicks off and the fact you've got like, mm. wait a minute, Necrons are fighting Eldar on dinosaurs, you know, on, on this mm. planet. And yeah. Yeah, that's such a treat to to get stuck oh, into yeah. that straight away i mean we we start seeing uh, a bit more information at this point uh it makes reference to this is sephiril this is all the planet at this mm. point is now called yes. sephiril that's going to change as time goes on yeah um, a couple I think, of times yeah <laughs> multiple times uh this is about i think about ten thousand years before the the great awakening mm. is you know is planned yeah. um you've got some cool little references to where the various races uh you know a uh, praise their gods you know and 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 such like mm. uh tra- you know like you said Transon and is and the woken sort of lich guard um are trying to take i think that's what's called the solar gem you know that's the mm. thing that they're trying to take uh from the yes. the world spirit and the world spirit is like this shrine tomb that's made from like a combinat a hybrid of like wraith bone and dinosaur bone which yeah is yeah <laughs> so cool it's it's essentially this Exodite World's version of an Infinity Circuit. So he's he, he's here to steal all of the Eldari ancestors, effectively, because he mm. wants to put them in a museum. Yep. <laughs> of course. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I love the fact that that... Because, again, Exodites always feel like, you know, literally and metaphorically, they're on, on the outskirts of of things mm. so it's some you know yeah. we, you know we know things about infinity circuits with the with the eldar whereas it's nice to see like like i said they've created their own hybrid which sort of makes mm. sense you know they're they're yeah. on the run effectively so they're mm. just they're you know they're evolving as well as you know the planet is um yeah. you don't know how long they've been there you know you don't really know the context of that but that's fine you don't really need to at this point yeah um there's some cool little scenes where trazin is dealing with the traps to get to the oh my god the solar gem That's so good <laughs> where he, he's like you know there's like swinging pendulums and he's sort of just yeah just stopping a mid-flow um mm. you know you're starting to see because again you're starting to see the power of of his character you know and, mm. and we'll obviously see it with yeah. arkin as well that you know he, he he there's a riddle to solve but rather than working mm. it out he just uses like a database he just calls it from yeah. a database to solve the <laughs> riddle um things like that mm. uh and then obviously like i said he's attacked by the the dinosaur riding exodites uh they meet a farseer mm. uh who who knew they would come for the gem as well mm. um yes uh at this point you think oh that's just you know farseer shenanigans you know but <laughs> yeah uh, mm, a bit more to that later Mm. um yeah and you know and again it's nice that that like there's references that the solar gem looks to be from the the war in heaven 
uh, era, mm. you know, which is obviously to do with Necrons and obviously the Eldar as well. Um, and then I think again, my favorite bit of this is when Trazin is killed by a carnosaur, you know, one of the one of the uh, mm. the dinosaurs, and the fact that even as he's you know he's dying. The he's noticing the length of its teeth and his systems yeah. are analyzing yeah. the blood and things like that, <laughs> <laughs> even as he's mm. getting, he's dying and he's dying in slow mo as well because he's obviously he's, act- yeah. he's activated his chrono sense so he's sort of seeing it in slow motion, which is yeah. uh, you know not the it's best hilarious. for him. It's no, uh, he'll be fine. Good thing, he good will. thing. Hey, he's got his name for a reason. Mm. He has trays in the infinite because you can just zap his consciousness over to a nearby Necron body. So he's all good. Yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll oh, say again, man. we'll see that a lot. That's a common theme for him. So, yes. um, right. So moving on to uh, chapter three, Trazin, uh, you know, after dying, you know, in air quotes, mm. he takes over uh, another body. And, and what's really cool, he actually describes that it, the mm. the body he takes over the the necrodermis is you know morphs to look like him so it's not like mm. he just his his mind goes into like this lich guard it's sort of it actually you know his the body actually morphs mm. to you know to form him which yeah he transforms cool. it yeah yeah which is very cool yeah. um <laughs> and at this point you know he he is not all powerful because he has very limited resources. And mm-hmm. so he ha- he has to go back in. He needs to get what he came for. He can't leave empty-handed at this point. So he killed a bunch of Lich Guard for this. Um, <laughs> uh, and so instead of, like, working out the riddle and bypassing traps, he literally walks straight through everything. <laughs> so <laughs> smash the masonry. Oh, the door's locked again. I'll just obliterate it. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's so cool. Because, it, 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 again, it sort of links into the... You know, it mentions mm. as well he uses mindless Necrons as well because yeah. effectively they can't say what happened because obviously he's basically you know siphoning off a few Necrons here, a few Necrons there because obviously they're start mm. he's waking them up when re- in reality they should be still asleep. He's sort of effectively stealing these Necrons to you know to form yeah. his little his little you know attack forces basically, and obviously the awakened mm. council will be pissed off if, if they find yes. out. That, so he's, that's yes. why he's using them so that they <laughs> they basically don't rat him out if they survive mm. basically. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, yeah, he, he summons his obliterator, which is his um, his weapon, which has you know some important factors later in the book as well, um, which he yeah. uses. He can you know resurrect you know fallen Necrons as well. Um, and uh, I like the I like the the fact at this point, this is where you start seeing him, start seeing him uh, using his his poker balls now, his his tesseract <laughs> bolts. So uh, yeah. yeah, he basically goes back in the tomb and basically uses this cube to steal. <laughs> the va- the Farseer mm. and the whole Exodite company that are of yeah, dinosaurs yeah. and riders that are there. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they they got the drop on him last time because he was looking too closely at the thing he was going to take and didn't notice them. Mm. But it, hey, Trazen's really powerful. Yeah, if he walks into a room and has three seconds, he can freeze you in space and time, and then lock you away in time inside a little cube yep. for later to put on display somewhere. <laughs> It's, yeah well that's it because he because remember he's just an, an archivist you know and he, he, mm. he could come across like he's just like i said he is a you know a you know curator at a, at a museum but like i said when 
when the fighting is needed, he he's extremely powerful. Um, and, mm. and again, it, it's quite nice that we see it over time as well. Like, it's not just like yeah. he's just doing all these cool stuff, it, you know, gradually throughout the novel. And the same with Oricon as well, where they start doing really cool stuff. And think, wait a minute, I didn't know he could do that. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it, 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 you know, creates these really cool scenes within the novel. But uh, I love the fact, yeah, he, take, he takes the Fireseer, takes the company, takes the gem, obviously, um, yep. and then an alarm goes off back home. Yes, uh, there's trouble back on Solemnus. Mm. Someone's breaking in. Yes. Uh, and this is this is where we get our introduction to Orokan. And yes. we get a deep dive into the powers of chronomancy, because mm. this is some crazy stuff. Um, yes. Context. <laughs> Orokan's breaking into one of the galleries on Trazen's homeworld to steal something. He's trying to get past a locked door. He has been sitting <laughs> in front of the locked door for 20 minutes, real time. Three and a half years, his time. <laughs> because every time he does something wrong and triggers an alarm, he goes back five seconds, sees what he did wrong, changes that, and then does that until he hits another block and then just goes back and forth and back and forth until he gets it right. <laughs> so he's been sitting in front of this door for three years from his point of view, <laughs> trying to open it. <laughs> You've got to be really patient to be a chronomancer is what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's nice because this is actually the first time as well that we, we see this true uh, understanding of time. Because like, like I said, mm. this novel focuses massively on time and in the sense that time is pretty irrelevant but it isn't mm. at times there is times where it literally yeah. is, you know, they have a, a you know, a ticking uh, countdown, but in general, like I said, because of the way Necrons are, because, you know, they have, you know, they're basically, you know, immortal life. If he wants to take three and a half years to do it, it's no skin mm. off his, off his uh, necrodermis nose. <laughs> basically mm. he can just, just do it until, uh, until he, you know, finally cracks into that safe basically. And mm. it, it's it just show, again it just shows how malicious he is. It just shows how bloody determined and stubborn he is. The fact he's spending this many years just to just to break in, um, and it's great because mm. again we see this is potentially what Oricon is like. We get to see um, you know um, Trazen's homeworld, and obviously we're starting to see his mm. uh, his exhibitions. Um, yes. So because again, there's this bit where it references a, a meteorite as well, and I think because it. He basically used. Did he use some necrodermis to take down the power? Is that how I yeah, interpreted that? Yeah. So because um, necrodermis is a moldable metal, so essentially Orican finds a bit of the necrodermis making up the door that used to be a warrior, and so has this microscopic fault in it, and then that's his entry point through mm. this doorway, and it's you know the the years worth of concentration manipulating this one like subatomic fault in the makeup of the door yeah. to <laughs> essentially shiv his way through a lock. <laughs> it's it's yeah. so cool. It's so, it's so clever. Cool. And we, we get to see uh, again, a bit more about obviously the exhibitions. Um, it makes reference to like the work scarabs um, that you have mm. to use to find your way through the exhibitions. Even to the point that Trazin struggles to get around the exhibitions. He's got so many, that uh, you know, even he's you know, and anyone would struggle, uh, let alone yeah. Arkin, who's obviously trying to break in as well. Um, <laughs> and 
and like to the point where new areas are being made without any commission like you know he's mm. like where, where's mm. this section coming because they have to because obviously they have to keep yeah. expanding it because you know trazin is going you know catch them all crazy to uh mm. <laughs> and further the amount of exhibitions that are actually there uh he uses a wormhole wormhole to come back uh to you know to the actual to his home world uh, and we meet mm. also sanet the light sculptor who's basically yes you know one of his like head create curator yeah you know, it, uh, and it's i love the fact i love this because <laughs> they welcome him back and it's like mm. like ah oh, lord you've come back and it's like to no real fanfare like trazen's looking yeah. around like he's an overlord like he's yeah. used to you know when he comes <laughs> back like there being massive fanfares and everything and it's just like mm. His, his second in command and you know a couple of uh, yeah. scarabs. <laughs> mm. uh, and San- Sanet's great because he's a Necron with memory problems, so yes, he has a he clipboard. Yeah. He has a little clipboard <laughs> that he makes notes on. <laughs> you know, take this to so and so galleries. I guess write that down. Write that down because his yeah. long term memory is okay, but his short term memory got blown to crap because Trayson woke him up ten thousand years early. Yep, that's right. <laughs> His brain wasn't fully reset. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, you know. And like, you know, the any the at this point, obviously, he's like, "Well, do you want to put the exodites into your Eldari display?" You know, because obviously, you've got it's like a museum. Mm. Literally, there's different displays mm. for all different mm. things. And uh, he does make the note that he's going to keep on to you know keep hold of them at this point, which yeah. again will uh, this be is important later. The longest Chekhov's gun. Yeah. That does not come up until the literal end of the book. Yes. <laughs> Note that now. <laughs> um I like the bit with the um with the, the Harud uh ecosystem oh, display. Because yes. basically there's a yes. there's a security breach, um, which obviously, you know, is part of what Oricon's doing uh in the Harud ecosystem display. So so basically these creatures are like now moving towards light, uh now that effectively they're not on ice anymore, because obviously there's been a power cut mm. um caused by what Oricon's doing. Uh, and then the the you know basically Trazin sends a load of mortals you know to to deal with them. Uh, he notices mm. a security breach in the War in Heaven display as well. Um, yeah, and and that's quite nice as well because it, you get this bit where it brings back memories and and the sort mm. of, and almost like a gut feeling for him. You know when like you know where Necrons didn't even understand their minds. You know back in you know even now, let alone back in the day as well. So again, you got these nice sort of flashbacks and and poetic moments which are really cool. It mentions the Eldari, it mentions you know mm. the old ones and things like that. Um, and even to the point where he can't even remember what he looked like as well. Yeah. So this is all going on whilst you know these uh, security breaches are happening, <laughs> uh, which is again really really cool. And mm. uh, and again, another thing that uh, a little note that he picks up as well. He even morphs his feet to tread softly, you know, because obviously mm. he's trying to sneak in to work out who's who's breaking into his display, and he uses his necrodermis <laughs> to uh, you know to make his feet go a little bit softer on the ground as yeah. not to make a noise, um, which I think is is awesome as well. And, yeah. and then at this point, he finds evidence of of basically chronomancy, and then he go and then he realizes it's that bastard Oricon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, Uh, And what I like now is the fact that hmm. we now it's now revealed that Oricon told the Exodites of Trazin's plan. That's why the Hmm. Farseer knew he was coming. It wasn't because of Farseer shenanigans. It was actually because Oricon had tipped him off. Yeah, basically. Yeah, they 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 start off with this rivalry like right out the bat, which is good. Keeps it strong. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, 
Yeah, um, and of course, uh, Orican's here for something very specific. Mm. Uh, he's breaking in to get this little, this little D4 pyramid shape, uh, box. This little puzzle box, essentially. Uh, and he's like, you know, oh, it's the Australian Mysterios and Trace. And it's like, ah, I did wonder what that was. <laughs> <laughs> this is part of my collection. <laughs> uh, I knew, I knew it was from around the area. Just put it in this display. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a very Trazen thing to do. Um, and you get this, uh, you know, again, the way they, at this point, this is obviously the first time we see them together. And like you said, straight off the bat, you know, they're mocking each other. They're bowing to each other mockingly as well. Um, this feud has come from the time when they were in flesh. You know, this isn't just because mm. of when they're Necrons. It's from when they were Necron tier. Um, yes. and you know, like they, they get this bit where Orican points out for the 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 twenty eighth time, you know, of doing something that would be a kill. Uh, you know, because yeah. obviously he, he can obviously see all these, f- you know, futures, uh, so mm. to speak, and then you know attacks Trazin. Um, but Trazin ends up sort of crippling Orican at this point, um, mm. and threaten. I love the fact he threatens him to be a piece in his museum and with the Mysterios yeah. out of his reach. <laughs> like it just shows <laughs> this is how petty they are. Like I said, Trazin would literally put him in an in in a display, just literally you know inches away from the Mysterios, like reaching <laughs> out and have him there in you know for the rest of time, basically. But you know these yes. two are nasty to each other, but in a very funny way. Um, and this is like so the first time we properly see it, and we're going to see it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And like the the petty insults, especially like you know, Orican like Trazen does this big monologue, and Orican just goes, "The worst thing about biotransference is that in the flesh times you at least stop to breathe every once in a while." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, oh, they are bitter. <laughs> Oh, they are. They are so yeah. bitter. <laughs> well, that's it. And and it's funny when you say that actually about them being bitter and and obviously the bit from when they were Necron tier. It actually sort of when they have their this sort of fight, it actually makes a reference to that this fight would be comical if it was back in the flesh times. Like it would be basically like two old men sort of fighting each other because obviously even though they are very powerful now, they're not natural fighters. You know, they are. Mm. It's only because of their bodies now that they can actually you know, fight with some sort of, you know, you know, you know, ferocity with it as well. So it's just, mm. yeah, they, like I said, you just imagine two old guys with their walking sticks smacking each other around. That is basically how, you know, they would be fighting. If it was, like I said, the flesh times, it would be, yeah, completely comical. Mm. So, yes, um, things, things start getting damaged at this point as well, you know, mm. that, which obviously it's getting you know, serious yeah, for Trazin. <laughs> like this is like, this is the ultimate no, no for Trazin. Oh, like, his displays are starting to get knocked off shelves and things yeah. like this. You know, this is the worst oh. thing you could do to him. It, it's almost heartbreaking. Cause you know, like Orican deliberately knocks over a shelf full of vases and he, you know, he's repairing himself, or whatever. And Trazen just does the long no, no! dive. <laughs> and as yeah. he's diving, he's slowed his senses down, and he's trying to calculate which vase he could possibly save. Yeah. And then he's like, "Oh, <laughs> this one, Sautek, Fourth Dynasty, bright purple with a midnight m- midnight scene of grass." And he reaches out and he catches it, but his hands <laughs> made of metal, not made of flesh, so it just shatters. Yeah. The second it hits his hand, <laughs> and you know, he, he's like going completely nuts while a subroutine in his brain is analyzing all the work that needs to be done to restore everything that just got broke. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he doesn't sleep that guy. He doesn't sleep. No, no. Always. So 
Yeah, <laughs> uh, they agree for for Orican to you know basically rebuild everything if he's given the Mysterios. You know, it's like look, you know, I I need you can go, you know, you can do time manipulation. Uh, if I give you Mysterios, you know, repair my stuff. You know, okay, fine. Uh, but obviously the snag is with that is uh, obviously if he do, he does use time manipulation, Trazin will have no memory of this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he uh, he gets some mysterious and, <laughs> and mm. off he goes. <laughs> yeah, um, throws it through a wormhole. Yeah, that's down it. To somewhere. <laughs> that's it for a later date. So um, mm. right. So well, what's next? Chapter four. So. Yes. Naturally, Trazin is angry after what happened. Mm. You know, um, he needs to keep himself active because that's the sort of you know sort of Necron mm. he is. You get this um, this lovely wine cellar scene, which yes. made me chuckle. Where <laughs> you know, but where would I put my wine? He's basically talking mm. to Santa. Where would I put my wine? And it's um, um, <laughs> you don't drink wine, <laughs> like well, <laughs> but it's my wine. I it's my it. one. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it, again, it's that, I love it. It's that parallel between w- what they are now and what they used to be, effectively. Because mm, obviously, mm. you know, that would have been a thing, obviously, when they were Necrons here. Whereas now they're Necrons, they don't drink wine. That's irrelevant. They don't, they don't breathe. They don't consume anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why do you have a wine cellar? Because <laughs> I need one. Yeah, because I need one. Oh, dear. One. It's great, um, and obviously it, it's now sort of made a point of that that basically he has a large library ready, mm. you know, to pass on to each tomb world. And again, that's the sort of the, the you know what he's doing as well as obviously you know creating a museum. Uh, he's doing it obviously for his own benefit because he loves doing it effectively. But he's also mm. doing it to uh, you know to have lots of you know documentation for when the pro- you know the majority of the Necron Empire you know, wakes up, wakes up because, because obviously yeah. they've been, like I said, they've been asleep for millions of years. So stuff has happened yeah. and mm. they're not going to have any concept of what has happened during that time. So, you know, even though he's collecting stuff, he's almost, you know, doing it to make a big encyclopedia. <laughs> for them. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a manner of speaking. He's been asleep for 65 million years. Here's your brief pamphlet of several thousand pages to catch up with, you know, just the, just the real important galactic events that happened while you were out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. A lot of these galactic events uh, are meaningless to these guys. You know, the things that would mm. are a big deal to other people, like, you know, the Horus Heresy, and, you know, that will get referenced oh, later. Yeah. It, these are nothing. It's like, yeah, you know, the humans had a dispute about something. <laughs> that's sort of how they get looked at, basically. No, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's awesome. Um, and but, we yeah. also find out what, that he now wants documents on the Mysterios and Necron Trials. As well. Yes, Necron legal code is needed because there's going to be a trial. We're yep. taking this to court. Yeah, we're going to sue Orican the Diviner. <laughs> that again, that shows what the what the Necrons are like. It's not you know, even though they're they're very bitter, but it's like right. Well, I'm going to screw him over. I'm going to sue him. You know, it's like that's yeah. It's not yeah. the thing you would expect to happen, and I think that's fantastic. <laughs> really mm, yeah. Oh dear, uh, and. Orican's all like set up on his own world, Mandragoro. He's got all these uh, unawakened cryptics that he's essentially using as like a supercomputer mm-hmm. uh, to start decoding information and stuff. And he notices a little red jeweled scarab, and uh, he's been summoned. 
he is required to appear before the Awakened Council because there's been serious accusations made. <laughs> is this where is this the expression "you've been served"? Isn't it basically? Yeah, pretty the, much. In, but um, in Necron, <laughs> but in Necron, uh, and failure to present yourself in your original body, not a surrogate, is punished by the cancellation of your resurrection protocols. Yeah, so if you don't show up to your court date, you're mortal. <laughs> that's a yeah. pretty that's a pretty rough one. But it just shows that they can do that. On like, literally, they can just take these protocols. It's literally like removing a file and just go right. That's yeah. it. Yeah, you know, Add it just shows the power list. they have. Yeah, yeah. You get resurrected at a forge if they just, you know, put in the code. Don't resurrect this one dude. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. It's it's as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, very cool. And actually, one thing it does mention in this chapter as well, which is, um, you know, going back to. Orican and he's sort of you know he's mm. meditating and things like that he he had to meditate for a hundred years after glimpsing uh, like an image mm. or or a, a shot of Sinesh, you know like an yes. actual which you know because <laughs> obviously again it references what the you know because he uses the webway to get around and obviously makes mm. reference to it, the webway is constantly changing i.e you know there's 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 bits where he's traveled through a certain section before, but the Eldari have mm. basically closed off certain parts of the webway because of, you know, sort of damage limitation basically. And, and obviously mm. to protect themselves. And then like I said, it makes reference to Sinesh, which, you know, again, it just proves yet yeah, again, that time to him is irrelevant. Like he, he had to meditate a hundred years, <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. no big deal, <laughs> no big uh, deal. Just calm yourself down. um so you know in regards to the the uh the trial or what's going to start happening is that basically the it makes the the reference that the the council you know basically a council is made to judge things because obviously at the moment Mm. lots of necrons are still asleep so but Mm. you know some of them are starting to wake up whether it's through they're meant to wake up or because of other reasons they're waking up so Mm. there's no one to govern what is really happening otherwise so what they do is they create these sort of councils um to you know because obviously otherwise they would just be waking up into chaos so that is the point of you know these sort of impromptu councils (laughs) to Mm. to to happen basically um and we get this uh bit where trazin sort of suggests that they wake up you know someone impartial and i love the Mm. fact it takes them two years to decide who, who to do to pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is that is like throughout this book. Yeah, like the the they are so old. Like it's the thing where you know as you get older, time seems to go faster. Imagine if you were literally millions of years old. There are points in this book where like they they describe there's an uncomfortable pause in the conversation of about two hours. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 it, i love that like it's so casually put in i think that's why i like mm. it there's not it's not like it's not like dwelt upon for ages it's just like yes and mm. there was a there was a two-hour pause and then the the conversation carries on like like nothing yeah. had happened like yeah, to you and like i it'd be second pause here yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. yeah they so yeah so they like so they take two years to decide who's going to be this impartial yeah. you know head of the council mm. Um, and yeah. they and they have this trial and this this trial I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. You get lots of cool little references. Um, yes. You know, Trazin has uh, you know ha- there's reference like Trazin has like the family stuff of one of the 
council, I believe. Um, mm. And he, it's revealed that the Mysterios is a, basically a key that leads to the, you know, the tomb of Nepreth, the untouched, which again is very yes. crucial to later in this novel. Um, and basically, you know, for context, he was supposedly the only Necrontier that was able to resist the, you know, the illness, which was obviously killing off their race before mm. they became Necrons. Um, and it's actually part of a, of a theater play. Uh, and it mm. and it makes reference that it takes ten years to perform this play. Yeah, because it, it's <laughs> it's the whole of the war in heaven from the Necrons' perspective. Yeah, and you know they're not limited. Like by the time they wrote the play, they were already machines. They didn't mm. have to think about taking intervals. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not going to forget. Like I think it makes a point. They're not going to forget their lines either. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's hard coded in literally. Mm. So. <laughs> and um, that it is measured that these are actually really impo- important culturally mm. because a lot of Necrons have memory issues after the biotransference, like they've forgotten things from life. Mm. The plays are there to reinforce Necrontier history yes. so that they still remember what happened. Because, like, the war in heaven, they were, for a large part of it, still made of flesh, you know? <laughs> like, Nefreth was around, you know? He was, um, he was one of, one of the last physical non-machine necron tier mm. and then like you know you go on they they piece together what they remember and they've gone well we're going to need to know this because you can't trust the katan you can't trust the elder and you can't trust the old ones <laughs> we need a yeah. way to teach everyone this when they wake up with no memory of what happened mm. <laughs> well that's it i mean and it, it makes a point that there's there's lots of times that they don't have the the memory that they thought they would have would have and like i said earlier mm. trazin doesn't can't even remember what he used to look like you know things are fading so it's it's almost like they're clutching on to like i said and reinforcing mm. anything to try and remember who they are who they used to be and obviously more importantly what they are now and obviously what they're trying to do um yeah and uh, i i like the way it's delivered a lot of the time i like the fact that you know we're you know, we're talking about a trial here but i like it sort of deviates every so often to talk talk mm. a little bit of history and then obviously you know bounces back into you know whatever the scene is happening but yeah this this yeah. um this trial is really cool because it, you you know you've <laughs> to be got trazin obviously telling the council that you know he he you know he come along and stole it from me you know and obviously mm. orican's trying to you know basically <laughs> i love this bit where orican is trying to make out that trazin is a guilty party by taking the Mysterios from the dynasty that was about to die from a solar flare. Um, yes. Because obviously that's his sort of counter argument, you know, is like saying, well, I was, mm. you know, it was there for me to take. And like, oh, so if you had time to take that, you had time to warn them about the solar flare. And then obviously Trazen's like, well, you, well, n- you know, well, you know, sort of. <laughs> to be fair, as far as Necron things go, 50 years forewarning is not enough time. To no, do it is anything. Isn't. No. This is like I, I feel this argument's legitimate there, but you know, uh Orican's going, Yes, yes, I knew it, he's a traitor, and like the the uh overlord presiding is sort of in his favour there. It's like, I knew it, I saw it, and Tracy goes, Wait, you saw it? It's like, Yes, of course I foresaw you'd do this. And like, well, why didn't you warn them? And he's just like, Ah, shit. Shit. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best bits I find. It's these lovely little, you know, little uh, mm. situations of just awkwardness or where, you know, Oricon, because I mean, they're, they're both, they're both arrogant, extremely mm. arrogant. Um, obviously, Oricon yes. arguably more at times. And he's the, I don't know. I think that 
if you had to sum them up, Trazin is the one that, you know, because of his position as an overlord, he, you know, he's very pompous, um, you know, but, and Orican seems to be the, the slightly more petty one at times. You know, he is it, it, arguable because they're both petty in their own different ways, but Orican's mm-hmm. trying to be sneaky about things a lot of the time. And uh, obviously, like you said, this is a situation where he, he's trying to do that. And obviously, like I said, trying to blame, mm. uh, blame Trazin for, for that. And I like the fact of how th- this is the, one of my favorite scenes, because I like the fact that mm. when he's basically manipulating time to effectively rewind and change the situation, that Trazin is sort of in a bit of a blur where he's sort of a bit mm. sort of because obviously he doesn't know it's really happening. Um, and I yeah. like the fact the way it's written, because the way it's written is that the scene starts again with the same lines being said, but yes. to a different person, you know, overseeing the yeah. council. I love that. Yeah. That's such a clever <laughs> way to do it. Cause obviously again, you're doing it in book form rather than obviously seeing it on, you know, on the TV or something, which you would obviously see, you know, time being rewind. So the, the scene is getting played out again. And, and then, and then he makes another mistake then, doesn't he? I think, I think it happens about two or three times for Oricon where he's making mm. mistakes uh, to his, his case basically yeah yeah and it gets gets to the point where you know Trazen picked a particular overseer simply because orican didn't want him so vehemently and it comes around you know orican's in, in his full right mind because he's in control of all this time stuff is just manipulating him to get the result he wants uh and the the end result is this this thing this astrarium mysterios is it's uh it's an open play you know Anyone can take it. Anyone can have it. It's not a crime to kill for it. Um, yeah, so it's war. Yeah, basically. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, Trazin sort of does start start realising what's happening, i.e. The, the time manipulation, mm. because of he's uh, previously he stole a ritual tile off Orican's mm. body, basically. It's these little tiles yes. that sort of, you know, that are interconnected. Or, I think it's sort of coming off his, his head, basically. Yeah, if it's cloak, that's it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And basically, he he has it on his hip. And what mm. obviously is happening is that when Orican is doing his time manipulation, those tiles burn hot. You know, it's part of the process, mm. the energy he's using to you know to create the you know effectively it's like casting a spell almost and to yeah. do it. And and obviously because the tile that he stole, you know. Is, as like a little memento on his hip that's starting to mm. burn as well you know so obviously realizing yeah. that every time that's going hot on his hip it's almost like a warning sign that that Oricon's up to mischief basically mm. <laughs> doing his time stuff so yeah <laughs> and like you said it's war you know for the for this uh yeah. mysterious so next chapter we're we're now on um Man- uh, mandragora again i think yes. and it's and it's quite quite you know specific as well it's nine thousand nine hundred eighty six years before the great awakening obviously we're about 10k yeah. before so now we're a few, you know was it 14 years <laughs> further yeah. forward now yeah yeah we're slowly uh getting forward in time as Oricon uh studies this uh particular item again trying to figure out what it's doing because it has changed since he stole it mm. like it, going through the webway something like ticked it off and it changed yes. shape and he's got essentially a little bit of a countdown starting he thinks yes, yes. that's right yeah yeah, he, yeah he's he, he he's basically at this point he's here he's teamed up with like 20 cryptex to perform the what's known as the 88 theorems which is like basically a meditation mm-hmm. trance because obviously he's trying mm-hmm. to work out 
about this mysterious, how it works and how it triggers, etc. Um, mm. And he's basically, <laughs> again, it makes this cool little reference where he's taken, like, he's, and so far he's taken six years to, during this trance, and he's basically, mm. you know, in effect leaving his body, you know, as such, you know, going to a higher yeah. plane to sort of meditate and work out what's going on. Um, and it, it, it's cool because it makes point that, that scarabs are basically adding fluids and power plants to him every few years. Like he's being maintained <laughs> whilst he's, like I said, going on this uh, six year meditation. And what's yeah. what, I, what I like about this, this particular chapter as well, the way it's written is the fact you've got like almost um, like a, a timeline, in it as well mm. like it talks about right this is what i did in the first he did in the first century uh based yeah. the first century of you know while he's been uh trying to work out because again time is of irrelevant so basically he uses it to research um and then basically uses the cryptex to to fire like you know gravitational rays at the mysterious and it and he's trying mm. loads of different variations and i think one of them basically causes it to morph shape um and then it yeah. shows this name which is vishani who's the yes. the mistress of secrets um and it creates and it and it, it, a clock that's it it's like a, it's a clock of like i think it's like 264 year yeah. uh, timer basically four years 16 hours and four seconds there you go that's Three it seconds. there's a <laughs> One. One. <laughs> um, we're on a we time sw- limit. <laughs> exactly. For the first time, we're actually on a time limit. Time has been mm. irrelevant at this point. Um, and, and talking of time, it goes into the second century of, you know, what he's been doing, uh, where, mm. you know, the device has to, he works out the device has to be in the right place as well as the right time for, you know, it mm. to activate. Um, and like you said, Cameron, it suggests that the webway you know, was you know was near the location. So when he's travelled, something's triggered it because it's like I said, it's changed. Uh, yeah, shape. Um, and whilst he's in the middle of doing this, I believe Trazin is trying to get to him using meteorites yeah. and surrogates yeah. so, on meteorites. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so uh, Orokin set up. He's a he is a Sautek, uh, which is the sort of biggest, most militaristic dynasty of the Necrons. So he set up yep. on one of their key worlds that has an excellent orbital defense grid. That's and right. so to try to get down to the planet, he can't teleport down. He can't do any of that. So Trayson essentially just jumps on a meteorite and attempts to ride it down to the surface <laughs> and keeps just keeps doing this every so often. Yeah. <laughs> it, and like I said, it's getting taken out. They're getting taken out by the defenses. But what's quite funny is the fact that he's, you know, that like basically Oricon's aware of it, but not really paying it any attention. It's just like this little mm. blip, like, Oh, bugger off, Trazin. Stop trying to interrupt what I'm doing. <laughs> this is going on. Um, and basically he uses, like I said, the, the sentry to work out Vishani's methods of encryptions, basically, because she was, a, like, a, like I said, the mistress of secrets. She was very good at encryption and, and, and that sort of mm. thing. Again, she'll be quite key to what happens a bit later. Um, and then he comes to this realisation that, that the data copy um uh, you know of what he's looking at because obviously he's using references they've got access to all different you know databases and such like but he, basically the, the the data copy is the real copy rather than the hard copy and again we're going to see lots of her of vishani's you know encryptions and diversions and things like that because basically he's trying to solve a puzzle effectively mm. yeah um and and such like so and you know basically she's been keeping the location of n- this tomb of nefreth uh secret you know, as as much as as possible, um, and it basically Oricon works out the key, so and it and it turns out the Mysterious, you know, turns into a star map basically. Mm. Um, yeah. So 
Yeah. And then you get, it goes, they have this conversation between Trazin and his cryptex, uh, who, who are of various different skills. He's basically got these cryptex that sort of specialize in th- lots of different, you know, abilities and such mm. like. So, uh, they basically advise, you know, going back to those tiles that, um, that mm. Oricon has, they basically advise that the tile totems, uh, are connect, you know, are connected, uh, to Oricon and that the, them burning hot, you know, suggests that the time travel, and that's where we, you know, he finds out that the, uh, you know, the meteorite idea hasn't mm. worked. So, yeah, uh, he suggested to go to another gallery. Yeah. Um, basically. Yes. <laughs> um, and what does he find there? <laughs> uh, so he goes to another, uh, another Nihilac gallery from his own dynasty, but it's a, it's another world. Um, and he goes to see something called the ETH Seer, double Y T H, which is, essentially the severed head of this building-sized Xenos uh, that is totally not alive, because that would be too horrible to think of, but it's kept, like, functional via pumping in fluids and stuff mm. like that. Uh, it's, it's a giant undead head. Yes. Uh, and when you walk inside, uh, they've got a table and chairs set up on the back of its tongue. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> uh, when it when it opens its mouth, um, you can see the future deep inside its throat, effectively. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this bit was quite uh, surreal, I find. It was sort of like, oh, yeah. where, where did this come into things? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so while Orican is, like, working hard to find out where the Australian Mysterious opens, Trazen comes in here and gets a vision of a world he recognizes. Mm. Uh, it is the Eldar Exodite world. It's Sephiril. Um, yeah. And on his way out, just to be safe, uh, Trazen grabs something called a Time Splinter Cloak, mm. which essentially gives you a limited version of Chronomancy, so he's able yes. to see just a second or two ahead and behind and alter things by just a little bit within that time. It's just mm-hmm. enough to help protect him against Orican, Yeah. Um, who, meanwhile, is making a deal with a whole bunch of destroyers. Yeah. Of course he is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I love it. Right, so we come to the final chapter of this first act, where or you see, we see Orican, you know, returning to Sephiroth, which, like I said, is the the Exodite mm. planet from earlier, uh, to find the obviously looking to find the the tomb. Uh, he's woken mm. a few Necrons to help perform like a you know a quick strike with him, uh, and he again it shows how bitter he is because he remembers why he hates working with others because obviously he's yeah. so ahead of things and like everyone's not quite at mm. the same level as him. So you know again you get yeah. these, all, these snarky little comments that he's making about uh, mm. uh, about things, and, um, and I like this this sort of this scene on Sephiroth because you get them they're fighting Exodites over various islands because basically the way the planet is you've got you know all these little colonies of of Exodites over various islands uh, with lots of water obviously in between uh they're riding mm. dinosaurs um and like you said that said destroyers are now in the mix you know who will literally kill everything mm. on the planet um yeah <laughs> more about that later <laughs> and so the the countdown is ticking down um, obviously for when this is due to open uh, and they eventually come to the area where, you know, the tomb should be and the Mysterious basically produces a, you know, a, a bright light um, um, mm. and makes reference to the, you know, the Necrontier sun, I believe, you know, like the way they were sort of, you know, blinded by it um, yes. and shows the tomb location. But in 8,000 years time, <laughs> it will open. Uh, and then Trezen's also there is like, oh, that's disappointing because, Throughout this entire planetary assault, Orican's been really mad at the guy driving his ghost arc 
because <laughs> he, he's <laughs> subordinate. But every now and again, he has a flash of like, ah, tally ho, what, what? That kind of, that kind of bravado-y <laughs> personality. And it really pisses Orican off. And it turns out, it was Trazen the whole time just messing yeah. with him. <laughs> like, he knows what gets under his skin, so to speak. <laughs> it was me all along. <laughs> it had been great fun needling the Diviner. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, dear. And and this is really yeah. awesome to see where, where Trazen, obviously, like I said, he's secretly being an ARC pilot, and he ends up flying the ship into, like, into one of the huge dinosaurs as well. Yeah, like, killing, yeah. He, like, rips way, it in half. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he and Orican are fighting, and it's like, well, uh, I need to get the upper hand here. So he just, not any dinosaur, he drives it full speed into the heart of a Brachiosaurus. That's it, Essentially, yeah. Yeah, because the Eldar are using them as, like, these massive weapon platforms, because they're big and strong. Yeah. And it's just this scene, this scene of him gunning it, essentially putting a brick on the accelerator, and then jumping off the side of the ghost arc while Orican's stuck on it. (laughs) <laughs> just gets lodged inside a dinosaur <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh so oh, cool so cool it's so dumb it's so dumb <laughs> and uh, at this point now we see Orican where he's sort of learning his sort of what i suppose you consider his energy form as well mm. um which again is quite crucial he he sort of yes. you know he's he's almost transcending isn't to this sort of energy state which is what he's mm. always wanted to do as well because obviously you know he was happy once upon a time being a, a necron tier he obviously you know wasn't happy with what the uh the the whole biotransference side of things but yeah he sort of believes like their true calling really is to be sort of pure energy and this, mm. this is where we sort of see he's starting to learn how to do that and Plans to kill Trazin as well. <laughs> with, yes. With said, with said I swear ability. it. <laughs> I said, I'll get you, Trazin. He goes all, you know, uh, all, ske- all skeletal like. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> and that, that brings us to Act Two mm. Settlement. Yes. Uh, so we get Chapter One. Uh, we have nearly a thousand year time jump. Uh, it is now 7,036 years until the next Australian opening. And. Things have started getting interesting around the galaxy because Trazen's doing the final touches on his Horus Heresy gallery. <laughs> because he's a big Horus Heresy fanboy. Yeah, he <laughs> is. He is, loves this, that. This is the best. Loves the heresy. He's like, this is drama. Brother against brother. Space opera. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's how demeaning it is as well. The fact, like, think, yeah. of, think of what a big deal the Horus Heresy was for the Imperium. And like he's just belittling it, like it's a like it's a war thing. Oh, he, he, he's he's treating it like those people who are really into bolt action. I think is yeah. the best way to put it. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. He's got he's got all the different chapters or all the different legions, I should say, in all the different armor marks set up. Uh, he's he's built a little diorama with a squad yeah. of salamanders under fire from some iron warriors, and he's like adjusting things, like ah, oh, Sanat. Don't you know salamanders have good trigger discipline? They never have their finger on the trigger while they're asking for new for spare ammunition because they've run yeah. out. <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> it's like, geez, don't you know anything about my plastic toys? Yeah, oh. yes, my God. <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's lovely as well because he, he basically considered humans boring up until that point as well. They're yeah, just a, it's all just colonization settlement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And <laughs> like, oh, they're interesting now. There's betrayal, <laughs> there's struggle, there's empires rising and falling, heroes and rebels. He loves it. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's how casually he is with things where he's like, oh, I'm tempted to go to collect stuff from the Battle of Kalth, you know, you know, just sort of mm. like just sweep up, see if there's any anything cool he can find. Uh, someone it's... should tell him that box isn't selling anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's going to be expensive. Oh, dear. <laughs> so great. Um, and then we, we see a scene where Orican attacks Trazin. You know, he somehow, mm. again, he, you know, finds a way back into, uh, to, uh, to Trazin, who ends up defending himself with, like, one of the Fr- Frisian, um, friend Rizian blades from the display yes. as well. Uh, yes. <laughs> which is really cool. <laughs> yes. Ends up having to yeah. use his own toys to, to, to defend mm. himself. Yeah. Oh man! Um, and then we have another time jump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been another twelve hundred years. Now it's only five thousand eight hundred years until the next Astrarium opening. <laughs> uh, and Orican's getting really into this vegan diet he's on. He's really into like the energy of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's he hadn't experienced hunger in so long, but he was ravenous for like the energy of planetary alignment. I'm like, okay, dude. he's gone he's gone a little crazy uh so he's he's doing all these calculations he's getting to know this vishani Mm. who he has found has like an engram copy of her mind or something deep within the australian mysterios so as he's studying it every now and again she just whispers to him and he's like trying to unlock it so he can have a proper conversation and just ask her where all the stuff is obviously um you know, getting all the way through that, uh, and eventually she gives him a warning. He's here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love this bit. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. Orican yeah. Orican finds Trazen descri- disguised as a cryptic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I think it's the bit now where he winks and basically finger bangs. <laughs> yeah. <as well. laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, what he's about to do because obviously he's about mm. to um blow it up isn't he i think or he's about to yeah I can't, rem- I can't remember now i think he's about to press a button to to blow things yeah. up uh so to to get out of the ship the fastest way he decided was just to blow an airlock and get sucked out that's it, <laughs> it, it it's just the fact he does that motion that makes me laugh the fact yeah he's he, like, he does the finger guns yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh orican you know throws his staff and manages to cut off his thumb before he hits the detonator. Yeah, um, Scoops up the uh, Mysterios uh, and es- essentially kills Trazen and slows down time, so he really feels it. And Trazen's like, but like any good guest, I left gifts. Uh, because <laughs> the, uh, the Mysterios he left behind was not the real Mysterios. It was mm. a little Tesseract fault. Filled with juvenile Katachan devils. Yes. <laughs> which infect the ship. <laughs> I, love, I love the message he leads for him. It's like, he's like saying, how many was it? Was it, you know, it's like, well, did I leave you six or was it seven? Uh, yeah. Oh, never mind. Anyway, you'll find, you'll find they've been breeding recently and they breed very fast. It's like this yeah. really sad The population will double message. in less than 24 hours if they don't eat too many of their own young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just... so fun. It's so petty. It's it's, it's, it's so childish. So petty. It's so petty. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. And also, and also now we we've sort of learnt that that Sephiroth is actually now Serenade. It's actually changed yes. name because because the Exodites aren't there anymore. Basically, mm. it's um it's now human. 
This is actually where yeah. we actually start seeing some, you know, human interaction now. Um, um know, I mean, like, very technically, like, the humans still don't really show up. Yeah. No. They're there. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, this is another time jump. Now we're only 2,000 years away from the next opening. <laughs> <laughs> like, we are, we are jumping through time at a pace. This book covers a greater time span than any of the others. Um, yeah, and like, humans have settled the mainland on Serenade now, but they've left the island chains alone because, da 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 da, after 6,000 years, <laughs> There's still a handful of destroyers left, slowly but surely eliminating all life on each of the islands before walking across the ocean floor to the next one. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. I was going was to say, I think that, uh, again, a few thousand years before as part of this, I think there's reference where there's like a continent blot on the world, like when when mm. it's been looked at from above. So it suggests that's where the, the destroyers have literally just been destroying like yeah, you know, the vegetation yeah. and every bit of life that's on these parts. And I, mm. I must admit, I'd love this destroyer bit. It's, it's, it's so hilarious uh, in, yeah. in its own way. The fact that like they're trying to annihilate everything. Um, they've taken out certain predators, but then they're having to backtrack because obviously they're, because they're sort of destroying yes certain islands but then they're losing ground so they have to go back and destroy yeah. what was starting to regrow before and yeah. they even have to destroy yeah. the bones because obviously effectively that life can come from bones as well yeah it's like this absolute obsession with destroying it's things <laughs> so good like Trazen is here to get rid of them essentially because he likes this world first of all mm-hmm. because it's interesting and unique there's lots of living things for his galleries and second of all he needs like it to be safe for him to operate on to yeah. try and find this tomb <laughs> and so he finds the destroyer lord leading the remaining 21 destroyers it's like Hi, as as Overlord, I release you from your mission programming. Come with me to my planet. We've got stuff to do. And the Destroyer Lord says, no, we're working our way south to the pole. We're going to melt the polar ice, cla- ice caps, desalinate the oceans, which kills the phytoplankton that, that uh, manufactures the world's oxygen, which will kill every other living thing <laughs> in two millennia instead of six millennia. Aren't we efficient? <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea of this group of destroyers like pausing halfway through their their slaughter and going, we're not doing this very well, are we? Let's group up. Let's have a plan. Someone get me the spectrum analysis on this world. Because like (laughs) we go, we finish one island, we go to the next, and we have to go back to that island, and then we got to go to the other one. It's taken us three thousand years to do two thousand islands. There's (laughs) eight thousand more islands, guys. We're not on track here. Yeah, there are other worlds. We're we gonna can't miss spend a deadline. forever on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So cool. Oh, like, it's and great. it's the fact that the destroyers sort of look at it in such a matter of fact way as well. Like this is mm. no this is the way they work. Like like why wouldn't you want to destroy every single atom of life on this planet? Yeah. Like bacteria don't deserve to exist. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't there a bit where isn't there a bit where like there's a destroyer crawling with no legs trying to kill insects Mm. at this point yeah yeah Yeah. it's crawling back and forth trying to squash ants with its hands and stuff because it's like weapons of like (laughs) of either destroyed or 
all run mm. out. So it literally just, out just juice, crush. Yeah. It's just got to crush them. And, just <laughs> along. and it's been doing that for four thousand years ever since it got bitten <laughs> half by a dinosaur during yeah. the initial planetary assault. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I love Necrons. <laughs> they're so good. It's but again, it's just the fact. It always seems like it's the normal thing. That's why I love the yeah. way it comes across. Like it's no big deal. That's yeah. That's what they would be doing. Obviously. Mm. Why, why suggest otherwise? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, <sighs> we, we get the, uh, we get the revelation that Trazen is using the galleries to confuse the hell out of Oricon yep. because things from such different areas of the timeline all jumbled together makes it really difficult to sense uh like a specific time period within the gallery mm-hmm. and Trazen himself his collection has gotten so big at this point he's having trouble he needs a chart to uh, a mnemonic chart to f- to remember uh which adeptus astartes helmets belong to the firehawks and which ones belong to the flame eagles <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> like because at this point you know it, it was relatively easy at the start you know there's 18 legions that's not too bad i can get a helmet from each of them i can set mm-hmm. up a little diorama how many chapters of space marines are there yeah. now? how many chaos space marine war bands are there now he's having a hell of a time these humans they gotta stop diversifying yeah <laughs> making, making his job hard <laughs> uh, making my job hard um <laughs> But uh, but chaos is reigning when he returns to Solemnus after taking care of these destroyers, uh, because it's Gorka Morka on Solemnus now. Uh, mm. Orkhan has slipped into the slipped into the gallery and let loose the orc exhibits, <laughs> <laughs> which is like there's literally trucks and buggies having drag races in the hallways. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If if you've seen like night at the museum the film mm. it's like it's, yeah. it's like that it just displays are just going, getting loose <laughs> causing hell and obviously Travis yeah. coming back going what what the hell is going on here <laughs> oh it, it's great you know like oh he's shiny get and the knob clearly a marksman hits him with one shot yeah out of like a dozen and you you know <laughs> he, he stops a wagon and this grot comes flying out and he just punts it back into the carnage of the exploding vehicle <laughs> oh it's so good <laughs> So he's good. So, he's so annoyed. It's so much work to clean all this up. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like you said, when he when he finally kills the the knob, the fact that he, they end up cheering him, mm. <laughs> like rather yeah. than yeah. being aggressive to him. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. So so um, Orican's big play here is he's grabbing the Australian Mysterios, and as a as a distraction, he's let all the orcs loose and dropped their spaceship out of the stasis field it was in. So mm. the orcs are trying to do a liftoff from within the planet. <laughs> and <laughs> Trazen's like, uh, if they actually get those engines going, it's going to destroy, like, what is it? Um, rest- restoration calculations return to work estimate that fluctuated just under a million man hours. Yeah, and if yeah, the idle it. rocket took off, it would be triple that. <laughs> Uh, and then Tracer like literally starts weeping oil at the thought of having to do yeah, all like, this no. work. <laughs> and so yeah, he, he goes and he kills a Mega Knob in hand-to-hand combat by beating him to death uh, on the command console stop button to stop the engines. Yeah. <laughs> and all the orcs are like, yeah! yeah! And then he puts them in a stasis field and locks yeah. them away in a poke That's hole. Again. <laughs> Back where they belong. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! And I love the fact that this chapter finishes with yet another hilarious situation as well. And it's and it, what I like about this, it's just shoved mm. it, like effectively shoved in at the end because you feel like that's yeah. gonna, things are going to move on. Years later, 
um, a death mark is basically <laughs> waiting or morphs into trousers, but <laughs> waiting in a pocket dimension just to shoot Oricon. <laughs> yeah. He's traveling. <laughs> and it's because you get yeah. that sort of scene where he's like, oh, Trazen, you're not resorting to assassination. Like, you can't even finish his sentence. He gets shot just by gets this. Shot. It's like, I don't even have the Mysterostrum. You can keep it and just walks away. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's, he just does it out of spite. He's really it's... pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So good. Oh, and, and you've got to read it as well, because obviously we're, we're only, mm. you know, summarizing it. You've got the, the actual way it's written. All these scenes are written are much better than we can ever describe them. As, uh, yeah, as you know, talking about oh, yeah. it. So, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, so, uh, yeah, next chapter. Yeah, <laughs> chapter two. Uh, it's been it's been uh, seven thousand nine hundred and fifty years of blood feud at this <laughs> point <laughs> because it's fifty years before the next opening of the vault. Mm. And so, Oricon and Trazen meet on an abandoned asteroid in the middle of nowhere to negotiate, and they decide. Separately, neither of us has the resources to make sure we can open this tomb, so we have to work together. Mm-hmm. Basically, <laughs> this is yeah. that is that is that is the gist of this chapter. Yeah. Of um, they they it, hey they they both sort of come together like hey listen, it's been really tiring fucking each other over for the last <laughs> eight thousand years. <laughs> Maybe we should just work together and see where that gets us for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> no trust, exactly. Exactly. no trust. But hey. You've got you've got future powers. I've got the army and the space fleet. Yeah, exactly. Because this this orc is going to cause problems for both of them. So it's almost like look, yes. we're enemies, but this is not mm. going to be good for either of us if this this goes down. They're going to attack in fifty years. They'll probably take out the tomb. Um, so we have to deal with the orcs, you know, in in space and on the ground, you know, because uh, I think that basically if they're if they're underground, the Necrons, mm. they won't be able to. They'll they'll die. They won't be able to, you know, basically resurrect. That's it. Yeah. So it's a temporary peace treaty, basically. Yeah, yeah. And the icing on the cake is that the leader of this orc war that might destroy the planet. Uh, this is this is sort of the last temptation for Trazen. Is uh, this war isn't led by a war boss? It's led by a pain boy called yeah. Boss Doc Big Saw, mm. uh, who rose to the top after surgically augmenting himself. To essentially be better than a war boss. So it's like, yeah. what a fantastic specimen that would be, Trazen. It's like, oh, you're, you're right, though. No. <laughs> you must have him. That is pretty unusual. <laughs> oh, dear. And then, then in the next chapter, chapter three, we see basically mm. uh, the orc space battle, you know, dealing with yes. it, which is really cool. Because again, yeah. you don't see that very often in, in novels, you know, orcs in. in you know, on their ships, basically, often mm. down on the ground. So it's quite cool yeah. to see the sort of various tactics that they they use. You know, you know, uh, some, you know of sorts. Well, sorry, I meant as in Trazin yeah. and Oricon tactics. Oh, right, to right, do right. Not, not say, orc tactics. Cause, cause the, the, the orc tactic is launch some torpedoes. While you're launching the torpedoes, kick the storm boys out of the airlock as well, and yep. like, they make it to the enemy yeah. ship before the enemy <laughs> ship drives away from them. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and it, and, it, and it's funny how you see the two sides of Trazin and Oricon because obviously the orcs mm. are using torpedoes to basically board, you know, their ships as well. You know, with obviously lots yeah. of orcs in them, and this fascinates Trazin. Like, ah, oh, look at the way mm. they do things, and like Oricon's like, yeah. who gives a shit about that? <laughs> like, Actually, we're dealing with them. Well, here. Well, yeah, at one point Oricon's like, do orcs need to breathe? 
they they and they both just take a second to think about the fact that neither of their ships has any air on it at all. Yeah, they're all Necrons. Yeah. Like, do we even need to deal with the boarders? Are they just going to board the ship, take their masks off, and choke to death? Yeah. It's like, well, they got lungs, uh, so they probably breathe. <laughs> it's like we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then we see Traz and Capture in the Storm Boys that seem to get into mm. the the reactor room on the ship, and that's yes, one obviously yes. you, you made reference to with the Hunter Killer missile strapped yes. to its back <laughs> yes this is this is uh this is an important thing to note one of these storm boys is using a hunter killer missile as a jetpack yeah don't forget that 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 is chekhov's hunter killer missile <laughs> <laughs> this again some um, really cool bits in this one where in there's a bit where trazin makes a few of the necrons laugh deliberately like he's you know mm. he's doing like a manacle like <laughs> and like no obviously yeah. the, the necrons around him don't laugh so he yeah, actually yeah. he cha- he manipulates them so they laugh at his joke or or mm, witty comment. So it feels he says. better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, got, it's, it's got to be Dr. lonely Evil. being the only sapient member of your species yeah. that yeah. you can regularly interact with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but in in essence, yeah. with this now, we see Trazin is making his way to, to deal with them on the surface, while Orican is going to stay in space to deal with them mm. up there yeah. as well. So, uh, right, ne- next chapter, chapter four, uh, basically we see Trazin taking over a surrogate to see the battle on the planet as well. Mm. And it's quite cool because we get a, a nice description of actually what's going on. You've got these huge pipes that are leading down to the surface and basically uh, the orcs are, you know, s- literally stealing water <laughs> from mm. uh, from the, yeah. the oceans via big, huge nets to obviously help yeah. cool, uh, cool their their engines basically mm. their warp drives yeah. and such like that's what they're literally doing it's really interesting because it it immediately made me think of um tyranids because yes. this is how they yeah, steal water from planets yeah. they just drop a big pipe down onto the planet and just pump that stuff up yeah um exactly. which is funny because this is this is technically a couple thousand years before tyranids really enter the galactic scene in a big mm-hmm. way yeah like there, there are gene stealers here and there you know but those are just gene is stealers. There? those weren't those weren't tyranids <laughs> back in then <laughs> Those weren't Tyranids back then. They're just a weird alien species. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. The the orcs. Um. What is it? Uh. The, yeah. Some imperial person wrote a book called "They Drank the Seas: An yeah. Oral History of the Greenskin War" about this. Um. This is this is pretty good. Uh. So it's it's an orc planetary assault, and in the middle of it, a whole bunch of Necrons just appear on the surface as well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. This is actually fun, because Trazen realizes, as he's sort of leading this assault, he realizes that this one Imperial city is built on the old Eldari city. Like, yeah, some of the buildings are still the same, some of them have, you know, fallen down or whatever. And they've just kind of, like, everything here, like, the local script has a little bit of a almost a runic, swirly hint to it. Um, you know, the local dialect sounds a little more foreign, all that kind of thing. Um... And, uh, Trazen is, uh, having a big damn hero moment as he leads a bunch of immortals in Lichgard to essentially clear the orcs out because they're in his way, and then just doesn't fight the Imperial citizens because there are a whole bunch of civilians that aren't trying to stop him, so why would he mm-hmm. need to fight them? True. This comes back in what I think is my personal highlight of the book. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> I've got, got to say it now because, um, yeah. If you saw, if you were a member of the Imperium, 
you'd heard stories of the angelic protectors of mankind all your life, and <laughs> one day aliens were attacking your planet, and big, heavily armored people teleported onto the battlefield, killed all the aliens, left you alone, and then marched off to save the world. You'd assume those were space marines, right? Of course. Who would else yeah. would it be? And uh, and that one with like the big staff and the hood, and he's wearing blue armor and he's all hunched over. That's like one of those librarians space marines have, right? Yeah, of course. So what you're saying is there were no Necrons ever on Terranade <laughs> during the fight. The Silver Skulls chapter of Space Marines, <laughs> led by what, led by their chief librarian, saved the day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That <sounds> plausible. <laughs> so I we have it. we have th- we have three options. Option one, the Silver Skulls chapter is real, and this is just misattributed valor. They're stealing valor from Necrons, right? Mm-hmm. Option two, the Silver Skulls aren't real, and this is just the best explanation the Imperials could come up with. Or three, the Silver Skulls aren't real, and Trazen seeded this rumor afterwards off screen to make yeah. myself look better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just oh, like this is this, so this is a very this is a very obscure chapter, but it is a real mm. chapter. It's yeah. been in the law yeah. for decades, yeah. and like this this is the first time they've had a big mention in a Black Library book that I've read of. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, those were Necrons; those weren't Space Marines. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it just shows how like hearsay and how mm. inf- the, the the information gets twisted especially in how yeah, big the galaxy yeah. is because again you know it's 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 not always common knowledge about space marines and how they interact because mm. again i think it's so easy when you when you're sort of glancing at 40k to sort of presume that that all the planets in the imperium know about these you know angels of death that you know that uh, come to help mm. save them whereas some you know yeah. a lot of civilizations or or planets or cultures have never seen a space marine not truly yeah, they may have yeah. heard about them so mm. sometimes they're going to go mm, i don't know the difference between that and a necron you know they just know mm. what they know and that's all they it's can a, go on it's a scary person in armor clearly not made of metal obviously in mm. in armor and they 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 saved us they yeah. killed aliens that's they space marines space isn't it? marines yeah yeah <laughs> that's space that- marines. <laughs> Clearly, clearly that one had psychic powers because he hit one orc and then all the other orcs exploded. Yeah. Certainly psychic powers, not the fact that Trazen's staff has a special ability where it hits something, analyzes its brain waves, and then explodes the head of anything <laughs> carrying the same brain waves. I can see why they get confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, so this good. This comes back so later. Clever. There's a statue. There's a stained glass window in a church dedicated to him. It's great. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't wait to talk about that. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's cool. It's some cool fight scenes. You've got, you know, you've got a gargant getting Ooh. involved as well. But, mm. you know, yeah. it basically blows Trazin apart <laughs> at this point. Mm. And, yeah, it, it's, yeah, some really, really cool scenes at this point there. The, I like the way they tip the gargan over. That's a really cool scene as well. Mm, um, yeah, and what as it as it floats down into the water, um, and uh, yeah, it, and then we we actually we see the point where where Orican actually sort of travels to the the orc ship in his sort of basically his light mm. form to you know because he wants to see what the, what you know the chaos that's going on because he's basically unleashed a weapon that's making him go 
crazy on their ship basically and he's mm. looking for the yeah. uh, uh for the uh for the dock basically and uh <laughs> i love when the, i mean you only like the dock the you know the pain boy's only in it briefly but i love the fact yes. that when like he's there quizzing one of the orcs like where can i find him and and then like he sort of sighs yeah. to himself because obviously he says well he's in the infirmary and he's like of course like, he's shit <laughs> yeah, of course he is. He's a, he's a, he's a pain yeah. boy. Of course, that's where he's yeah. going to be. He's not. He's, he's not like going to be on the bridge. Lab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and when they and when they get to him, or when Oracle gets mm. to him, isn't isn't his ba- his head is on a bigger orc? Basically, yeah. He's he's got this tiny like regular sized orc head on a war boss's body. <laughs> so like, imagine imagine Gaskell with like an orc boy's head. Yeah, <laughs> like it's effectively what it is. Like he, he's clearly come to power by just transplanting his head onto someone way stronger than him. Yeah, and it works because orcs. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and meanwhile, you know, Trazen is marching underneath Serenade now, marching onwards towards the tomb. And uh, th- this is my fav- one of my favorite small details is this is all underwater because they're yeah. like walking underneath the coral reef. They march for three days through these tunnels. There's all these eels and all these nasty things. But partway through, this octopus just decides it likes Trazen's color because this octopus is blue. And Trazen is also blue because he's from the Nihilac Dynasty. So this octopus just hangs out on his shoulder for a while. (laughs) And he's like, oh, that's nice. I like this octopus. And he puts it in a Tesseract vault. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and actually talking to the vault, he orders a large one for the Gargan as well. Mm, Yeah, an extra large Pokeball. We're going to need something a bit big for this one. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dear. And then doesn't Oricon drop an asteroid into the water? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He, he effectively drops an asteroid uh, more or less directly on top of Trazen mm. uh, to, um, <clears throat> to essentially get his way down to there. So, uh, so yeah, he, he, in energy form, rides the asteroid down through the ceiling and has whole bunch of Sautek warriors following up the tunnel behind him because they've reached the tomb. It's a big fancy entrance with the, you know, the traditional curse written on it, like open this and you are damned, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> it's, it's very Egyptian. Um, and all pretenses aside, they've done what they needed to. They found the tomb. It's time for it to open. Fight, 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 fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trayson uses Unleash Random Bullshit. It's very effective. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's an overlord. He can do this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So this is Chapter 5. It's the battle for control of who gets to actually open the tomb. Um, Trayson's forces are outnumbered about 4 to 1. And so he's like, well, I have to get creative. And then unleashes <laughs> essentially like an... A, uh, I would say a 1,500-point Adeptus Mechanicus army. Yeah. <laughs> like, there, there's there's Skatari, there's Castellans, there's a June Crawler. Yep. <laughs> there's all this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love... It, it's sort of like, you know, it's basically like, Castle and Robot, I choose you! You know, unleashes his Pokeballs. Yeah. And I... Yeah. <laughs> pops them out. And I love the fact, and this is what I think is so... The way it's fantastically mm. done, is that he unleashes these this Admech force with the Castellan robots. He unla- unleashes a Jukari force as well. Mm. Um, and that conveniently has uh, has gills, you know, the uh, yes. homunculi that uh, is uh, a part of it. What I like the way this is written is it's mm. not done very obviously. Like, it's no. just the fact that yeah. they appear... And obviously, because they've been, you know, effectively put on ice in, in these vaults mm. for ages, they 
are a bit unsure why they're there, but they just get on with fighting. I, I love that. It's almost like the way it's written is is so not like. And then Trazen unleashed a vault, and then out come the Admec Force. Like, like, no, no, it, it cuts yeah. in with like Tech Priest so and so. You know, looks around and you know sees all these mm. Necrons and doesn't remember being in this situation, but yeah, you know, thinks why not? Yeah, my our enemies are against us, so surely yeah, I should yeah, be exactly. here. I love that. I love yeah. the fact there's that sort of amnesia sort of thing going on, but well, like, well, yeah. I'll just get on with it anyway. Yeah, because um, he's like, oh, well, I was fighting Drukari in the mountains. I remember that very distinctly. Now I'm underwater fighting Necrons. But that's okay. As long as I don't look to my left, yeah. I will not <laughs> look to the left. Because yeah. in addition to putting them in Tesseract vaults, for the for these chosen groups that Trazen might pull out for combat, he also uses Mind Shackle Scarabs. Yes. Essentially teeny tiny Scarabs that get inside your brain. Uh, in order to stop them from realizing what's happened. <laughs> and like, it's the same with the homunculus is like, oh, well, I was fighting Adeptus Mechanicus in the mountains, but now I'm underwater and I'm fighting Necrons. Hey, friends who I turned into grotesques and racks and stuff because you didn't like my work. Do you remember Necrons? Aren't these things pitiful? Yeah. <laughs> as long as I don't look to my right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just carry on <laughs> just carry on there's like a Castellon robot that's trying to use a flamer underwater yeah the data so it's like no don't just just use your fists <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh it's so good love it absolutely yeah. love it it's so it's so chaotic and in in such yes a, uh a, a good way as well and uh you know there's a bit cool bit where Orican makes like the tech priest or such you know mm. shoot himself uh, but he's starting to lose his powers as well, because basically the cosmos mm. above is moving, so Orokin's powers are sort of uh, waning at this point as well, mm. which obviously isn't yeah. helping things. <clears throat> and uh, yes. he he basically uses an algorithm to uh, with the Mysterios to basically open the Eternity Gate. Uh, mm. But da, 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 the Praetorians arrive, and yes. uh, along, along with uh, was it Executioner Phileas, I think is a Phileas, yes. Yeah, because um, um it, it, hey, stop. it's a crime. It's a crime to order your Necron warriors to kill other Necron warriors because you are all property of the Silent King. Like, yes. you're not you're not murdering anyone, but you are damaging company property effectively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially down here, where resurrection protocols can't be used and it's too inefficient to carry everyone out. You've <laughs> like it comes out to you know you've destroyed however many thousand Necron warriors, however many hundreds of immortals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. No, take them in, book them, cook them, and like the gate just closes in front of them before then. They're both like, <laughs> no, so close. <laughs> and that's the, yeah, and that's the end of Act Two. Is no one gets into the tomb because you're being you're being absolutely awful people to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Sort hey, I know we said free out. reign. But sort your stuff out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the end of Act Two. That is halfway through the book. This yes. is a monstrous book. Mm. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's not like exceptionally long. It's sort of an you know average to mm. maybe a bit longer length. It's just there's so much in it. It's it's a very compacted. Yeah. You know, there's a so lot much to, happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, you know similar to when we spoke about um, Avenging Sun. You know, the the Dawn yes. of Fire sort of novel mm. which was a lot bigger you know like lengthwise mm. and that was almost mm. 500 pages that book but it, God, yeah. it, <laughs> again there's a lot to glean from it whereas this again there's a lot going on but it, it massively interconnects 
with itself, mm. you know. So yeah, it's almost like some of these things were mentioned. It's like you need to remember this for later because it'll <laughs> it'll be uh, <laughs> yes. it'll be relevant. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're halfway through. Um, so we're going to take a break now. I think. You yes, know. I think so. <laughs> Drink break, conserve our voices, and Ooh. when we return, more Necron tomfoolery. Back soon. Welcome back. Part two. Well, in this case, Act Three, just to confuse things. Yes. Act Three yes. Exterminatus. Da 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 da. <laughs> oh, that was so dramatic. Um oh, yeah. so, <laughs> Right. So as we left off at the uh, end of Act Two, like I said they've been told to stop playing your silly feudal games. So now chapter one of this act they're, they're both of them are on you know on trial uh for basically their eight thousand year feud that they've had uh at mm. this point you know including such claims as causing destruction of necrons which like mm. it alludes to is you know that it doesn't seem to matter really in in the sense of the pe- of them being you know people or or whatever you want to refer to them as. It's just the fact, like I said, it's, it's you know, it's uh, government property here, or empire property. So, uh, you know, and then obviously having to deal with the orcs as well. Because um, it, it doesn't it make a reference here that um, that there was a sort of a warp that sort of situation that happens, you know, a few years after the original trial that they refer to. yeah. Here. Yeah, so so essentially, Orican's messing around with the timelines does have effects on reality. Mostly, mm-hmm. it thins the fabric of reality. And so, what happened was sixty years after the initial trial, there was a demonic invasion on the world of the Awakened Council, <laughs> <laughs> like full full blown warp attack. They had to rouse the entire planet early. Uh, <laughs> It's no surprise, really, because, like you said, he is manipulating time so much to to suit his ends mm. that it's n- it was never not on the cards that uh, that stuff would change as part of this. And we're gonna again, we'll see more of that again as the as the as the novel goes on as well, because there's a few other sort of uh, other impacts that uh, you know come from that as well. Yes. And, and the basically the council sort of now decide that they're overturning the original decision, i.e you know, the, the Mysterios is, you know, basically a free entity forever gets it. You know, you can't get in trouble yeah. for for yeah. stealing it, for killing, you know, as you steal it. Mm. But they've decided, nope, that's not the case anymore. Mm. And I love the fact it makes reference now that, that this council, or which is actually uh, it's the Praetorians really now, they've sort mm. of formed their own council um, because, and it explains there's been some politics going on, you know, between the, the ones that have been raised and some have died and, and things like yeah. that. And I like the fact that they basically use 77 chronomancers to lock in the timeline because obviously yeah. what they don't <laughs> want to happen now that, that Oricon manipulates this timeline that, that mm. you know, as they're decreeing what is about to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and of course, so they've, they've caused incalculable damage uh to their own legions they've caused a demonic invasion here they caused that orc fleet to redirect and land on a tomb world apparently <laughs> which caught, which forced them to raise half that tomb world destroyed 69,000 necrons and caused 
irreparable mental damage to the remaining ones. Uh, but also, they're on trial for murder! Uh, dun, dun. Uh, not if of each murdered. other, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, high metal, high metallurgist Quelka, who was a mm. member of the council that first sat for their trial, uh, went mysteriously missing a few years after that trial <laughs> and has not been heard from since. And the natural assumption is he also went to try and find this tomb and the, one of these two murdered him for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, they're very confused by this. Neither of them have seen him, but, uh, that's the bet they that's the lead that the council has is you were the two looking for it. He went missing looking for it too. Yeah. One of you did something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean they they sort of they do make the counterpoint that obviously the way their feud goes, they would generally, if they had one of them had murdered him, they would have blamed mm. it on the other. So mm. you know, which is a valid point. They would. They're that petty oh, yeah. that they would do that. And they're yeah. both looking quite gormless really about this situation <laughs> like we literally know nothing about this we don't know what you're talking about and like you know Oricon mm. saying he was an idiot anyway he always he always got himself in situations above himself <laughs> so you know he's a fool mm. he probably deserved to die <laughs> yes uh and you know there's not a ton of actual evidence so they're no. they're um they're willing to like uh overlook that but there's a there's another problem which is the mm. world of Serenade is now going to be destroyed. Yes, um, it is. That, that leads us to chapter two. Now, now to be clear, mm-hmm. the Necrons could destroy it just to stop this feud. But that's not what's going to happen. Now, see, the problem is because they drove off the Orcs, the fleet that the Imperium sends to fight off the Orcs will, instead of expending all its resources fighting the Orcs, will find the Orcs really weakened mm-hmm. and will instead settle the fleet there, turning it from a backwater planet to a military hub world, and making it massively prosperous. And like, Mm -hmm. and Oricon and Trazen are like, oh, but that's, that sounds like the opposite of the planet's destruction. Like, and then they go, and then they say, but because of this, for unknown reasons in 2000 (laughs) years time, the Imperium is going to commit exterminatus on this planet. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're not sure why, but in 2000 years, because of what you did with the Orcs, (laughs) <laughs> They're going to crack this planet like a grape. Yes, <laughs> it, pop it like a grape. Exactly. <laughs> I love. I love the fact that obviously we'll, we won't talk about it yet. But when you find mm. out the reason why, oh my god, it's so good. Artists, it's so good. Because at this point, it, it's quite. It's sort of quite matter of fact. It's just slipped in there, like mm. oh, you know, something's. Good. They're going to destroy the planet in two thousand years for some reason. You know, yeah. you know shrug, sh- shrug shoulders. You know, sort yeah. of thing. And it's like, and it's great when. That payoff oh happens a bit later. God. Yeah. Of why it happens yeah. in the first place. It's, and obviously, yeah. the, you know, the, the concern is that that will obviously, if they, if they destroy the planet, they're going to destroy the tomb mm. potentially as well. Oh, yeah. Like, like a basic exterminatus where you just kind of lightly firebomb the surface and poison the population. That's no problem. But a proper exterminatus involves lancing the planet's core to cause it to explode. Yeah. Like, there are levels here, and the level they have foreseen is the planet is no longer existing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this world, this world does not exist. Um, mm. So, in order to avert this future, we get the best twist in this book. Yeah, well, where they they decide to um, basically they <laughs> they punish them by uh, <laughs> they get to do their business for for about fifteen hundred years or something like go yeah, go do your business off for fifteen hundred years. You know, and what and what. <laughs> would be you know when you've got two feuding you know necrons that absolutely mm. hate each other's 
you know, metal guts. Um, yes. What's the worst thing that you could do to each do to them? Let's make them team up with each other. <laughs> Mandatory Necron community service together. Exactly. You cool off, cool off for fifteen hundred years. You're not allowed to think about this box or this tomb. And at the end of that, the next 500 years, you have to spend 50% of your time together working towards opening this tomb for us. Yeah. <laughs> no! <laughs> uh! <laughs> and, and they're being babysat by the executioner as well. Yes. She's going to be yes. checking in on them, making sure that no. they're, they're playing safe. <laughs> yes, no getting out of it. No, no starting genocidal wars against each other. Nothing like that. You've got you to do your dues. Uh, and if you don't comply, you will be executed. Yeah. <laughs> also, also as a as a Triarch Praetorian execution affiliates has the ability to just turn off someone's resurrection protocols. <laughs> exactly. So if they step out of the line, it's not going to go well. Um, so then we get to then we skip all that cooling off period. Those fifteen hundred mm. years pff, fly by. We don't need them. Yeah. Uh, instead, we skip forward to chapter three, five hundred years before the opening of the of the tomb again. Trace and Oracan are hanging out in a cafe, watching everyone have coffee. <laughs> Not exactly a scene I thought I would see coming, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, me neither. It's pretty good, though. Because <laughs> um, they're, um, they're using illusion emitters, basically, mm. to obviously, you know, hide the fact that they're actually Necrons, obviously. Um, mm. And it's mm. great, because they're basically doing one of my favorite hobbies in real life, which is people watching. Yes. I love people yes. watching when you're sort of having a coffee somewhere. Um, obviously I know that's <laughs> difficult these days, but you know, it's, it's great. They're watching, you know, the various servers, they're looking at the menus. They have a conversation about bean water, which is effectively mm. coffee. Cause obviously, you know, cause what's nice about these interactions and we'll see a few more of these where Trazin, cause obviously, cause he is a connoisseur of, civilization effectively mm. he likes talking yeah. about history because it's part of what he does he like you know he finds other races fascinating even if they're literally you know sort of below him um and obviously oricon is very much the opposite he you know he has no mm. care for these sort of things it, it's irrelevant it's waste of his yeah. brain brain power basically and so yeah they have a discussion mm. about bean water which is it which is great <laughs> well i think he talks he, he trazin basically explains what coffee is effectively and like mm. like oh why do i need to hang around watching these insects drink drink bean water you know and things it's like disgusting. that disgusting uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh you know and then you're seeing other tourists and musicians and mm. effectively there you know it's actually for especially for a 40k scene it's quite nice in a way like you know, mm. just oh having yeah a coffee tourists it's, you know uh, there's guided tours uh, over there <laughs> oh yeah this is uh this is tourism planet effectively at yeah. this point yeah uh, it's become very popular um and uh you know they, there's some musing on music you know the, the the transformation into Necrons robbed the Necron tier of music. Uh, they, they have like chanting and stuff, but it's not the same. You know, um, all kinds of history. Uh, there's musing on cultures, cultural differences. Um, mm. Orican argues that Necrons have better history and culture, and Jason's like, I mean, I guess, but it hasn't changed in sixty five million years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas this this planet's culture is entirely unique, and it's only you know. Uh, for the humans, at least, like, 5,000 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's really uh, good. But, yeah, and they're, they're going to go see the gate uh, and see if they can find their way through, and so they have to go to church 
Uh-huh. At which point we get to see the big stained glass window depicting <laughs> Trazen's victories. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we yeah, we learned that there was actually a statue for a while until the Inquisition uh, <laughs> decided to remove it. And it turns out that was not the Inquisition. Trazen took it because it was yep. a statue of him. So it's not really stealing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love oh, that. It's, so it's, so, it, I know we were talking about it earlier, but that's so cool. It's it's the way yeah. it's delivered because it again it's sort of it's you know again it just Oricon is <laughs> has no interest in mm. it really, and you know it's just obviously inflating you know, Trazen's ego, and and I suppose to be fair, he's probably feeling it's quite justified really because in a way yeah. he, he's you know he does care for other races you know because of his mm. his is uh you know perceived interest in them so i can sort of see why he's probably thinking oh that's fair you know i, I i've done a lot for these mm. races i'm not like oregon that just wants them you know to yeah be, you know squatted it's like you know it's uh, uh yeah you know it's uh i think it's quite just and mm. so basically they they uh travel for a few weeks in uh in yes. the uh the tunnel network <laughs> which is not underwater anymore because the no. seas have been drained <laughs> yeah to, like, those orcs got the wanted yeah <laughs> exactly um and they and then they come across the eels or like the the ancestors of the of the mm. eels you know uh that they would have seen you know prior to that um and then yeah you know they they see parts of old Necrons that were there, you know, from obviously the previous mm. fights, there's lots of spiders and, and, and things like that. Um, and then basically Oricon is sort of set up for what is going to be a 30 year ritual <laughs> to try and, um, you know, and which actually is quite important actually, because it, it makes a point that Trazin is actually, you sort of see actually for the, probably the first time, he's actually quite intimidating or intimidated, I should say, by mm. Oricon's power at this point. Oh, yeah. Because again, they've been, you know, Trazin is Mr. Cool. You know, he's sort of, you know, okay, he's, he gets angry when you you muck up his exhibitions, but he's, you know, he's he's a powerful overlord, uh, you know, so he's quite confident in what he does. And this is actually the first time you sort of see that slip slightly where, yeah, he's sort of, you know, a bit concerned by what actually Oricon could do when he puts his mind to it and yeah. you know, goes into his yeah. energy energy form and, uh, and, uh, and thick, you know, <laughs> and, and that, but, um, but you know, when, you know, 30 years is a long time to do a ritual, you know, and it can be yeah. quite boring. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes, you know, it's nice to, to mix it up, isn't it, Cameron, to, uh, yeah. to, uh, leave him a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Just, just like, it'll open at some point. Yeah. Something like, interesting, what? you know, I, Hey, listen, he'll be okay. I did say if he needed help, he just had to call and I would yes. come. So he'll be fine. Yeah. Exactly. But nothing will happen, right? <laughs> yeah, nothing will happen. Um, so, uh, chapter four, Orican is examining the data. He has been examining the data for 66 years internally. <laughs> um, and he's got Vishani as a guide again. He really, he's really unhappy working with Trazen, but at least she's here. Um, she's helping him through these sort of logic chains to uh, try and figure out uh, when the gate will be usable again, and the answer is the gate won't be usable before the Imperium destroys this world. But there is another gate. There mm. is always another entrance. Exactly. Um, and, you know, there's a signal, and Oregon, you must open yourself to the universe. Um, mm. And the, it turns out the reason Vishani wants Oricon to do this so badly is because she was sealed inside the tomb with Nefra. Uh, 
So <laughs> she's she's banking on him as her way out, effectively. <laughs> yeah. Um, effectively, yeah. 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 Uh, and then we get to, I think, probably the most touching scene in the book, uh, which is oh, Trayson's yeah. been busy these 60 plus years, uh, by which I mean he set up shop in the basement of a local library and has employed literal generations of imperial citizens to help him with book research. And, yeah. um, yeah, he, he's sitting around reading, and, he's in, uh, you know, his librarian says, I'm sorry to say, this will be my last night working for you. And Trey's like, what? It's like, I, I, te- I told you two years ago I was scheduled to be forcibly retired, and Trey's but I paid for Ogmetics. You got a new hip and a new leg. I paid for Juvenats. And Lyra's like, librarian's like, yes, it was wonderful, but that was 30 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really really old, and also I'm being forcibly retired because as long as I'm around, the juniors don't get to move up in the ranks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, again, it's one of those sort of scenes that comes slightly out of left field. Really, you're not really mm. expecting this sort of things happen. It makes sense, really, because obviously, again, Trazin is you know you know, it has, does have a liking towards humans and, mm. and obviously sees their, you know, that they can be of use to him. And obviously he's got time to spare whilst Oricon is doing his ritual. So it makes sense to do that. And it, yeah, it is quite a very, it's a very touching scene because I, I think he's got his nephew lined up to sort of take mm. over, you know, he's uh, yes. with things he's, you know, obviously the, the live, you know, this human librarian is, is, uh, you know, you as mind scarabs obviously to, you know, to, mm put him in that situation before uh but i think he uh, but he also makes reference he wants to sort of be basically reunited with his dead wife because obviously yeah yeah which is quite sad in in uh, um in one sense and and also it is quite an important scene because it talks about the song of serenade as well Mm. which is quite a crucial thing that we're going to see throughout again this sort of latter half of the book regarding this sort of you know this side of things where it makes it five notes rather than seven you know, this pulse that's yeah. going through the planet basically um that seems to be picked up on and um and one thing that i thought was really quite prominent in this scene amongst many things is and again quite important is this part point where you know as as he's about to leave the librarian says to trazin oh you know, are you are you planning to destroy our planet because he's been working for trazin all this time but he doesn't actually mm. know what's what Trazin is trying to do. He's like, he's actually yeah, sort of kept out of it. No, he's just sort of, he's, he's a good he's servant. Helped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's just, he gets the books when, you know, when needed and that doesn't ask any questions. So he's like, you know, before I, you know, before I'm retired, can you tell me what, you know, are you going to destroy the planet? And then what's quite nice is, is, is the, an- well, not nice, but the answer that Trazin gives is quite, uh, mm. quite important because he also says, well, you do this to your planet, you do that, you do this. Do I need to actually destroy it? You know, I yeah. you know, basically, you know, it's quite a reflection of real life, you know, for, for humans. Oh, like, yeah. you know, I thought that was quite important, actually. Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, he says, I was here when this whole island was a forest. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, waves were lapping on Watts Embassy Road. There were no pollutants. Monsoon rains happened naturally instead of having to seed clouds. Like, again, the scale. Necrons have been on this planet for sixty-five million years. Yeah, yeah. Like the 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 progress of time and how the Imperium corrupts things. Because again, you mentioned this this planet seems much nicer than our standard Imperial fare. It is it is like mentioned through here that 
a lot of work goes in to make it seem nicer, but yes. on the whole, it's probably just as bad as anywhere else. Like, yeah. oh, these lovely street musicians probably wake up at 4am and go through the traffic of millions of people to get there <laughs> on time yeah. to, pl- to play for petty change mm. in front of a cafe. You know, like, um, uh, Colima, the librarian, loves Trazen, not necessarily just because of the Mineshackle Scarabs, but, you know, Trazen rewards him the work he did he got you know a hab block near the library he got his children sent to good skill good schools he got Mm. his wife a special plot in the cemetery all this kind of stuff like and Trace's like well of course you're doing good work why wouldn't i reward you it's like no one else has ever done that (laughs) and that's really (laughs) sad (laughs) it's like hey this part of the Imperium seems nice. It's still pretty bad. Yeah. When when a, when a Necron Overlord is a better boss than the head librarian. <laughs> <laughs> Says it all, really. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like, um, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's very poignant. <laughs> Definitely so. I mean, we, we move then on to Chapter 5, where basically Orokin is sort of again being encouraged by Vishani to open himself up. Obviously he's very resistant to that because obviously mm. he doesn't want to ba- literally let down his defense against attack or, you know, the possibility of the destroyer virus. Um, and also he's very, mm. again, we see it a few times where he's very hurt by and, and sort of burnt really by the way his sort of his, you know, uh, his colleagues, basically treated him when they were Necron tier mm. because obviously he as part of one of the big things about Orican is that he foresaw what was going to happen to him, i.e. the the you know the Catan mm. deceiving them and things like that. And he was actually the the one that was against it, but obviously no one listened to him. So he's a he's very he's quite touchy about sort of letting, you know, people in, or in this case, like a data ghost <laughs> to um Yes. To to do it. But um but it switches to, you know, to I suppose real life at this point where he gets warned of an attack <laughs> as a mm. creature all of a sudden comes out of nowhere. <laughs> what is this creature, Cameron? <laughs> um I, I don't know. It's got these claws thick as sabres, it's got these feelers on its mouth, it's got a human face with dull red eyes, it's got hooves. Um <laughs> and it's super fast and terrifyingly strong. Um hey, yeah, let, let's not beat around the bush. This is this is an Imgal gene stealer. Yes. Uh, which is the the sort of the raw, unadulterated, wild breed of gene stealer that is like mm-hmm. super mutation prone. Um, it nearly kills Orican. This was the little gift Trazen left him, uh, and this is <laughs> again. We'll we'll jump ahead slightly. This is the reason the Imperium destroys this planet. Yes, <laughs> uh, it is because of a prank Trazen played on Orican because Trazen didn't know that gene stealers were infectious. Because mm. no one knew that gene stealers were infectious when Trazen first set the gene stealer down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, time scale. The Imperium knows about gene stealers. They're these weird aliens that are on board Space Hulks and on this one planet. They'll kill you. And Trazen's like, oh, cool. It's a dangerous, it's a dangerous alien. I'll keep one around just in case. Oh, I'll play a funny prank. One of them won't kill Orican. And then, like, <laughs> you know, a few hundred years later, the Imperium goes, gene stealers can infect people and start cults. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Trazen obviously hasn't caught up on that news. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's such a, well, not, I won't say innocent prank because there's nothing innocent about I mean, it. Like, still, but, but it's comparatively it's innocent. It's great. Yeah. Like, Tra- Trazen's like, oh, he'll get spooked, 
but it won't kill him. Oricon's really strong. It's a single alien. How bad could it be for the planet? <laughs> 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 oh, God. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, and so Oricon manages to drive it off after ripping one of the Gene Stealer's arms off. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yep. flee, flees off through the tunnels, and it'll never come up again. No, it'll not never... at all. <laughs> Actually, we get um, we get a we get an interesting little bit of like background for uh, Orican here, which is mm. although he was obviously always going to be a cryptech, like back when they were flesh, his father really wanted a soldier for a son, and so yeah. insisted to send him to wrestling school. Yes, and the so Orican, <laughs> yeah, Orican knows how to wrestle like a motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. like combo, he combos like a suplex into like the the glyph of force, yeah, and like all this kind of stuff. As <laughs> like, and he's like, "Well, this training never came in useful when I was alive, but now I'm a massively strong metal robot. I can just yeah. power bomb someone." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so good. Again, I love these flashbacks because mm. what's cool is that that. It, it's just enough to go on a little tangent where you're like you can, you know, that's a really interesting little mm. nugget to, to know. And then it, you know, shoots back into what's happening. Like it doesn't go too far off into, and then you're like, what are we talking about again? You know, I love, I love these little callbacks. It's great. They're, mm. so, they're done so well. And it just, and again, it's just these little bits of Necron tier, you know, civilization that we're not, um, you know, we're not familiar with at all. So yeah, I love that. And again, you wouldn't expect that of, of uh of oricon because obviously again because mm. he was always destined to be a cryptic that is so cool i love that um and i love yeah. the fact now he drops the gene stealer arm in front of trazin and accuses him like what was this and then there's that's where we get like <laughs> these two hour pauses you know between yeah. <laughs> between it and um obviously trazin you know denies it like oh it's, you know yeah they're, they're quite common around these parts you know yeah, yeah. It, it happens it's, it's fine. i have no idea world. what you're talking about <laughs> uh and you know trace is like well i found out about this song so we might be able to follow this signal to where like the gate is uh and that this chapter ends with trace just going someone has broken my window yeah oh have they they probably thought it was ugly yeah (laughs) (laughs) the pettiness never stops (laughs) oh it's beautiful um we get to we get to chapter six it's time to report on your progress to the overseer uh Mm -hmm. so phileas is here it's like listen i've read your reports but you need to you need to answer everything i ask you and at the end of it i'll either extend the sponsorship of this expedition or revoke it and force you off the planet um (laughs) basically uh yes uh and uh they this is where we get to talk more about the song of serenade which is it's just a signal that is present throughout the entire planet. It's so pervasive that it's influenced biology, where a lot of stuff has evolved to be asymmetrical to mimic yes. this pattern of sounds, yeah. which is really weird. Mm, uh, yeah, <laughs> and like really it, it affects like it affects like human speech patterns and the human music. It affected the Eldari music as well. It's yeah, it's good. yeah, because it's it's so it's so you know it's actually one of those things where. It's it's so prominent to the rest of this this sort of story that it it mm. it's one of those. Because I, I must admit, when I was sort of reading about this the signal, I couldn't sort of quite piece it together 
like mentally. Mm. But I was mm. like you, I was like, well, this is quite odd, actually. I mean, it's cool, but you like, I couldn't sort of, you know, visualize it mm. in a manner of speaking, like how this is actually, you know, how it's working and things like that. So I thought it was yeah. quite, you know, quite a cool thing to introduce, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so they, um, they, they, with this evidence, they're like, well, we can probably track down the other gate. We can probably work out a way to open it with this signal. And Phyllis is like, cool, that's good enough. Uh, you can keep going as long as within the year you go to the gate to try and figure out where it is and like how to open it. Um, and then we get over to Orican divining with Vishani again. And she's like, listen, follow the signal. Don't listen to it. It's too dangerous. You can't try and figure out what it says. No matter what you do, don't try and decipher this signal. <laughs> super dangerous. It's super bad. It's like, uh, okay, sure. Yep. Sounds good. Um, and then <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure this is the only one in the whole book. This chapter ends with a, a, uh, sort of an orange alert, I guess. Yeah. So it's a report, isn't it? To the local enforcers. Yeah. Yeah, the local enforcer's like, hey, there's a serial killer in town, by the way. <laughs> People keep showing up, like, murdered in drainage pipes and stuff. And I'm like, oh, is that the... Ah, oh, that's the... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's the gene stealer. Yeah. There he is. Yeah. I love the way that's done. Like, the fact it's done like mm. a written report, you know, rather oh, than yeah. just sort of, yeah. you know, two, two characters interacting or chatting to each other. I love that. I love mm. the way it was... It was just chucked in like as a as a report, and again, it just you know makes you raise an eyebrow, like hmm, this sounds a bit fishy. So yeah, we move yeah. on to uh, chapter seven, where they're basically both watching a puppet show, uh, plus yes. various other oh acts in the in the <laughs> plaza, um, and you get some cool little bits where Trazin is sort of comparing humans to to the Necron tier, you know, back in the day, um, and. I love, like, I love one of my favorite bits of the scene is when mm. Trazin sort of comments about their, that, uh, yeah, they've, you know, they've got, they, they have a, a system that's both reproduction and waste disposal. Oh, <laughs> disgusting. I've done the dissections myself, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, and it, it's interesting because this is, uh, this is again quite some time later. Mm. Uh, and this is, so the, like things have advanced in terms of, um, culture here again. So again, yeah. again, another interesting part of this book is we get to see the culture on Serenade sort of begin to shift a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, over, over the years. And one of the things is the puppet show they're watching, uh, is about the King of Mischief, yeah. uh, who is a three-armed troublemaker who upsets the natural order of society and exposes hypocrites. I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> It's not suspicious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not at all suspicious. Um, yeah, and again, that that uh, that signal is absolutely everywhere. Mm. Uh, it's it's uh, echoing through everything. Um, yes, they walk in silence through the sewer system, uh, following this. Oh, hello, Lizzie. Following the signal. Um, <clears throat> and uh, they find a murdered body. Mm. Someone, well, they find several, I should say, deep down in the uh, in the sewer systems. I did like that actually because they've before been like mm. autopsies on the bodies, 
And yeah. they're sort of even disagreeing about that. Because obviously Trazin is looking at it from, mm. obviously, like I said, he's worked on humans before and understand mm. things. And Orican's just sort of using his sort of, you know, brain power to reconstruct <laughs> the, the scenes. Mm. Go, no, no, it didn't happen like that. You know, it, yeah. it's definitely, it was biting, it was clawing. And they can't even, like I said, uh, agree on that as well. Um, and then, like, yeah, they find, like, this sort of huge chamber full of skulls and bones and, like, a sort of semi-human chanting, over and over chanting numbers um, to them, which uh, they fight and uh, ends up sort of killing or killing Trazin. But uh, Oricon uses his sort of time powers to sort of stop and realise this mm. creature is the actual signal. Um, yes. And there's quite a big reveal at this point. <laughs> yes. Uh, who this hey, character is. Yeah, it, it's not a gene stealer doing all those murders. No. Uh, and guess who's been missing for 8,000 years? It's <laughs> high metallurgist Quelka. Yeah. He's got the flayer virus. And yeah. he's been sitting down here chanting and occasionally <laughs> leaving to murder humans. Yeah. <laughs> the entire time. Twist. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I know. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I must be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really expecting this to be like the gene stealer. I'm like, wow, the gene stealer got corrupted by the the signal, and so it yeah. started its own like signal cult. Like, no, no, it's it's another Necron. Because <laughs> like they're doing the they're doing the forensic analysis. Like, oh, it had a hard head and it rammed him from the side, and then it tore into him with these claws and pointed yeah. teeth and stuff. Like ate him while he was still alive. I'm like that does sound like a like a wild gene stealer to me. Yeah, of course. No, no, uh, Flayer. <laughs> Cryptek turned Flayer apparently. <laughs> yeah. And oh um, boy, I know. <laughs> we uh, we go to chapter eight, which is about 250 years until the Exterminatus. Uh, Orican is mm. you know, speaking to Fashani, who you know still wants him to open up, but obviously, like I said, he's still frightened to do so due mm. to the past you know again what i was saying earlier about ignoring you know his warning etc uh they mm. they uh they both speak to the executioner about you know but they're obviously their updates you know regarding yes. quelka and obviously the flare <laughs> virus um yeah uh, at this point Trazin's in quarantine, in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's it, it's so funny it's so dumb it's like is it, do you see how i'm forced to live and he's like the boy in the plastic bubble with a bunch yeah. of books yeah. <laughs> so, yeah and he's got years of this as well <laughs> mm, yeah oh dear uh, and we all we also get a pretty gross description of quelka which uh it, it says his exoskeleton exoskeleton is caked in a finger width deep of old blood mm. um so like about an inch's worth of caked dried blood all over every single part of him like oh yeah okay <laughs> yeah that's that's it's that's pretty grim. nasty <laughs> yeah and like he's like mimicking and all these kind of creepy things yeah Ugh. it's 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 cool i i think i love that scene and i and we sort of find out mm. that quelco is you know basically trying to find like the the effectively like a book code you know where yeah. you, you, yeah. you know, have like first line you know, second word, you know, yeah, letter he, he's, mur- he's murder crazed, but he thinks of nothing but books. Yes. Like they, they, they do a brain scan on him. Like, wow, for someone infected with the flare virus, he's super mentally active. And Trazen's yeah. like, yeah, he's thinking about books. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's what? Like, book? yeah the execution is like books. <laughs> 
Why is he that thinking is about thinking books? About books. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, and so we we get the uh, we get the idea that this code, the Song of Serenade, is yeah, like you said, pointing out to page whatever, line whatever, word whatever, to try and spell out a message in the signal. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> there's a, there's a bit now as well. There's a bit where again I can't remember the context, but. Obviously, because they're spending a bit more time with each other, Trazin and Oricon, mm. they're sort of, I don't say they're friends now, but they, there's a bit where they, they effectively do the Necron version of flipping each other off, like middle fingers yeah. to each other. Yeah. But they do it in yes. quite an amusing way, you know, because obviously <laughs> they're like, they, they obviously describes it in a, you know, the, you know such an uh, offensive, you know, uh, mm. you know, gesture to the other and the other one returns it and they sort of grin at each other as well as they do yeah. it. They're almost yeah. like teenagers, like, you know, like it's like two siblings, you know, where they're getting told off by mum and they're sort of like, mm. you know, middle finger in each, you know, to each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. But again, we, we sort of, you know, like you said, time's moved on. The Great Awakening has started happening. There's been civil war amongst the Necrons. The council's now been dissolved. Again, it's all under mm-hmm. the execution, the, pra- the Praetorians um, now. And um, there's isn't there a bit in this one where they, there's another chat between Orican and Vashani, you know, about yeah. up, and there's yeah. a flashback um, about from Orican where he's being dragged to the forges. Yes. Uh, so yes, yeah, Orican finally opens up to Vishani, and as part of that, gets this flashback and to to when he was flesh, uh, hmm. and one of one of the Necrons dragging him to the forges forcefully because he didn't go peacefully. Yes. Uh, and this is one of the things he and Trazen sh- have shared is like, neither of us wanted to go. Like, we mm. both fought and had to be dragged in chains to the fires of biotransference. One of the Necrons dragging him is Trazen. Yeah. Um, That's quite just, a big reveal. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And so Orican's like, uh, betrayal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it needed more fuel to that fire. <laughs> exactly. Uh. Um, so we we move to chapter nine, uh, where there's basically been an unexpected fleet warp jumping to Serenade to basically get yes. water and supplies. Obviously, Serenade is quite known now for basically, you know, giving away or selling its water from its ocean. That's why it doesn't really have mm. oceans anymore. It's not just because of the orcs taking it many yeah. years ago. It's also that they, they thought, well, we can make money out of this. You know, if there's a passing mm. ships and they need water to cool their engines, we'll, we'll, they can take some. So, um, yes. it, it sort of happens where there's this sort of, you know, celebration on the planet, which is basically, I think to celebrate, they've been there like humans for about 6,000 years. Yeah. Um, at this and, point <laughs> and Trayson's like you've got the wrong date and year but it's a nice celebration anyway <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I, I, I think I know a bit more but yeah whatever yeah, it's, 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 it's fine it's fine um yeah. and they're about and they're about both of them are about to watch the another opera you know involving yes. the, the mischief oh my king God. yeah <laughs> that's uh, five just, hours just, long <laughs> just like We've had Trace and Orican go to a cafe. We've had Trace and Orican watch a puppet show, and now Trace and Orican are like sitting in the top box yeah. at the opera, <laughs> just peering yeah. down the stage. Orican's like, "Why are we here?" And she's like, "It's culture. Yeah, it's only five hours. It'll be gone in a flash." <laughs> yeah, for, for well, it would be for Necrons. That's, like they're used to yeah. ten ten year <laughs> operas, so five hours is mm. uh, 
is uh, is nothing. And obviously at this point now, Trazin's out of quarantine and obviously soaking mm. it up. That's the thing. Because again, remember, he loves yeah. culture. It, so, you know, he's been in his literal bubble for X amount of years. Mm. So, and he's actually slowing down his chronosense to actually properly, you know, soak in the atmosphere. <laughs> um, and then this is where I think they have this talk, don't they, about the biotransference as well, like where Oricon reveals oh. that, you know, I think so. I think he was where he reveals that he yes. he sort of, yes. he fled to the the library um, as you know as part mm. of what he can remember. But it was actually that's what Trazin sort of thinks. Like it's Trazin yes. says, "Oh yeah, I was in the in the library, you know, hiding as well." And it's like, no, Oricum's like, no, 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 I was the one that was fly, you know, hiding in the library. Uh, it was you and others that t- that grabbed me to take me to mm. the forges for biotransfer, you know, transference, and it's sort of. You know, and obviously, to be fair, yeah. Trazin does actually apologise. He's like, if that's what oh, yeah. actually happened, you know, because he can't remember, it's not in his mm. memory banks, basically. It's like, then I'm sorry, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's part of that. They have actually grown comparatively close here. Mm. Uh, like, you know, Trazin's like, rival or not, the galaxy's more interesting with you in it, and I'm glad we're on the same side working on this. Like, what happened to all of us was awful, but I'm glad you're still here. And I'm like, oh, they're somewhat close. And then, of course, Trace is like, but, you know, don't cling too hard. Remember, the Deceiver built that body for you. It's entirely possible it's just fucking with you. Yeah, like, that's true, yeah. 65 million years in the past, it's just like, I want these guys to really hate each other. It'll be funny. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly um yeah and then it, at the, at the sort of the end of this we sort of see you know the that uh obviously the opera is starting to to happen uh, and it, i think it reveals that the first part of the opera was sort of supposedly done by vishani i think there's reference uh, to that not 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 the opera but the no. war in heaven play ah sorry yep getting them the wrong yeah, way around the, the yep. first the first five acts were composed by vishani that's it which sorry, is yep. by nefreth and his dynasty are in it, yeah. That's it, yeah. And then um, the, the the mischief king enters, which is a, a woman character with a crown and a third arm. <laughs> Again, yes. key thing, clever, three arms clever, on that thing. High, <laughs> clever, high-grade augmetic yes. uh, to, <laughs> to make it look like that. Uh, and she begins to sing, and the world of Serenade began to fall, because mm. maybe it's a cult. <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> is it? It's chapter 10. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's chapter 10, uh, and it's coup time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Uh, and the only person who realizes what's happening, ironically enough, is Orican. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Mischief King singing is mass hypnosis. So the entire theater is mm. kind of lulled down. Yeah. Trazen is too busy paying attention to the performance. Like, he's a Necron, so he doesn't understand the warp side of it. He doesn't get the hypnosis. No. But he's like, oh, look at the the beautiful detail on the clothes, the notes, everything. It's all in the pentatonic and everything. And meanwhile, Orokan kind of looks up to the the most important box where the planetary governor is Mm. and just sees her bodyguard put a gun to the back of her head. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, hey, Tracer, Tracer, like, shh, 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 is really good, though. Trazin, I think you're going to want to see this. <laughs> I love the fact that he says, uh, as the coup's ha- the, the coup's happening, he's uh, mm. that he goes to Trazin. You got us a box in a bloody coup. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 
of all the things yeah. that happen. Yeah, and like uh, you know, one one of the uh, one of the backstage crew breaks into their box with an auto yeah. pistol because their box has some young nobles in it that they've mind shackled, scarabed, uh, and just guns down the nobles and incidentally uh, hits both the Necrons and blows off their illusion emitters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. it's just like. Yeah. Yeah, picture you're a cultist. All you got to do is kill two guys. You know, you got to, that's all your bit. You just got to spray a gun into this one box. You do it, and then there's just two eight foot tall robots. Yeah. (laughs) Just standing there looking at you. (laughs) Oh. It's an alien human hybrid. Yeah. They end up fighting the uh, the Gene Steeler cults. The. The mm. um, the patriarch gets revealed, which is actually obviously the yes. the mischief the king there. With, hence the yeah. one that's missing an arm. You know the one that yeah. uh, that yeah. Orican ripped off earlier in the novel. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, Trazen says, "I believe, like any good performer, we should make our exit." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we should go now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Orican running by uh, as they're fighting through, like. Traditional G Steel cult units, which is fun. There's like the guys yeah. with the rock saws and stuff. Yeah. And Orokin's like, yeah. is that the thing you said on me? As he's like yeah. breaking the back of this cultist with a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great that they're actually sort of piece, trying to piece it together mm. whilst they're obviously uh, fighting. Because obviously Orokin realizes that this is the cause of the exterminatus, which obviously we said earlier. Mm. But it's actually, isn't it like 150 years earlier? due yeah, to the fleet arriving. Yeah. So obviously what the, the gene steers are trying to get off the planet, uh, you know, because mm. basically this, like I said, this fleet that came sort of out of nowhere, you know, came earlier because of warp stuff. Yeah. Obviously it's, it's, it's it basically the cult have risen <laughs> a lot earlier than, than intended. They basically. Yeah. 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 But it'll take like four days and 17 hours to fully destroy the planet. So they've got time. Yeah. Yeah. They could still time. do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So they 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 basically both yeah. make their way to the eternity gate, you know, and uh, fighting, and mm. and uh, I think like tra- it sort of makes the point that Trazin's like waffling on the way, and Orokin's just like just mm. he's because be- basically Orokin's sort of talking to Vishani to like yeah. whilst trying to you know half listen to Trazin as he's you know waffling about things as they're making their 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 way because and obviously and it makes a key point at this at this time that uh, that Trazin oh sorry Orokin wants that solar gem. You know, mm. that came from the exodite um planet yes. or exodite scene uh same planet uh, right mm. at the start of the novel you know and um and then obviously they confront each other you know makes out the the, the gem is false um and then trazin takes up the mysterious off orican um and does you know quite a normal thing um buries him alive under as the mountain falls on top of him yeah <laughs> that's great yeah. that's great <laughs> yeah, and uh, Orican got to hear a sound no mortal being has lived to describe, which is he got to sound, hear the sound of the planet being killed. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, uh, yeah. That sounds epic. And um, and interestingly enough, like way back when, literally hundreds of years earlier, uh, when they were first plotting out this tunnel, Trazen had been putting these data relay spikes in the wall yeah. so they didn't get lost. And now Trazen is using that to escape by essentially speed slingshotting his consciousness up through the tunnels yep. um, over to uh, to his surrogate on the ship he left here during the orc invasion because mm. uh, he left one of his ships in orbit with uh, Orican to help fight the fleet and then said, oh, but just 
helpful a little bit, then go around behind that moon and park it and say you're fighting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah. it's been parked there for thousands of years. Yeah. <laughs> so clever. And so, yeah. And so, uh, gets off on that. And then, um, we get a big space battle because, uh, Trazen's goal at this moment is to prevent a total exterminatus. It's already a partial one. That's fine. He can deal with every living thing being killed as long as the planet isn't damaged too badly, which would damage the tomb. And so you get this off-screen big massive space battle where Trazen with one ship beats off an Imperial fleet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome scenes. The space battles are, are really cool in this. And mm. and it, en- it ends up where at the end of this, you know, this chapter and obviously this third act as well, that the only life on Serenade now is the pulse coming from the Eternity Gate, which is yeah. quite harrowing as well. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to be fair for Trazen, he did actually try and signal Orican like, hey, yeah. if you answer, I can come dig you out. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, no, exactly. he just never answered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ah, right. So we're now yeah. on to the final act, Act 4, Dead mm. World. Yeah. And um, Dead World, uh, Chapter 1, gives you the numbers for the code, the serenade signal. Now, I feel I should point out, throughout this book, at the beginning of each chapter, there is a little quote either from a character or from a book, mm-hmm. or very importantly, from a play. Um, so this is the point where, if you want, you can try and figure out what the secret message is. Mm. Uh, they've given you the code. I believe I believe all the relevant passages are before this one. I think so, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you've got the numbers. You know how they work. You're not sure what they pertain to, but there's only so many things that actually reference numbers in their uh, opening passages. So get to it. Go do it right now. Um, if you haven't <laughs> read the book yet and don't know what it is. <laughs> what do I say? Because you read the book. Um, so essentially at this point, it's a dead world. You know, mm-hmm. life was wiped out on it. This is 300 years later. Yes. Um, essentially, again, it was an incomplete exterminatus. They didn't split the planet in half, but they pierced deep enough to essentially kickstart so much volcanic activity that a nuclear wintered the planet to death. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> which I guess the destroyers got their wish after all. Oh, and yeah, still on no schedule speaking. Yeah. As well. Yeah. <laughs> More or less. True, yeah. Hit <laughs> <laughs> <Get> that deadline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, Trazen was the first being to take a step on Serenade for 300 years mm. as uh, he, he comes to go check things out. Listen, he needs to know. Mm. He's pretty sure potentially the tomb survived, but he has to know. Even if Nefret's body is destroyed and everything, we've got to work this out. Uh, and there's actually quite a good scene here where he, he goes into the hole left by a lance weapon. Mm. Uh, and he, he is traveling down on a little hover platform, literally bypassing the geological strata of the history of the planet. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, like here's the imperial city buried in ash. And below that, here's, like, the early Imperial Settlement. Below that, here's the Eldar Ruins. And below that, mm. you know, here's all the dinosaur skeletons and stuff like that. And yeah, like, that's really cool. Oh, like, th- this book is essentially the, the entire history of one planet. Yeah, yeah. In a, in We've a, seen yeah, it from start speaking, to end. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I'd, I, and also at this point, and again, part of that poetic side of things, is it's not really named serenade anymore because it's a dead mm. planet. It's 
you know, it, obviously it is serenade still, but effectively yeah. without a civilization, without any life on it, mm. it's just a rock, you know, serenade yeah. is, not, is not serenade anymore. You know, it's just a lifeless rock that, uh, mm. that pe- that, that time is now forgotten about apart from obviously. Trazer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, this has been going on for so long. Like Trazen is thinking about it. Like he goes past the Eldari layer and he's like, Oh man, was this when I got kind of stuck in the in the history of this world when I got messed up in the fate? I don't even remember why I wanted that jewel so badly. Why didn't mm. I just take the whole temple? This yeah. is important. Remember that for later. Um yes. <laughs> and really interestingly enough, he goes all the way down, he goes past the dinosaurs and then hits another civilization that is entirely foreign to him that he just wasn't around for. Yeah. Like, before the dinosaurs, there was a species that settled this planet. Mm. And we just, we missed that bit of the history. Yeah. Which must be burning at burning at him as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, Trazen and all the other Necrons, of course, assumed that they were the first species to take control of this planet. Why wouldn't they be? They came here and all they found were dumb animals. Yeah, but you know, all the way down beneath that, no, no, there was other intelligent life here, made megaliths <laughs> and houses. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. And then all the way below that, there's this sheath of black stone. Uh, so this is where the deepest Necron building is. You know, all the good stuff. Mm. It's time to finish it. Yes. Uh, he gets to this really big Eternity Gate. And, uh, you know, it's it's, oh, it's a big history. Nefreth's in here. The guy who said, hey, biotransference might not be a great idea. Look at me. I'm fine. You don't need to be a robot to be okay. We can figure this out. Uh, and, like, Trazen's thinking, like, the implication of seeing a physical Necrontier for mm. the first time in literally millions of years, like, culturally, personally, psychologically... Is insane, and then someone says, "Hey, Trayson," <laughs> hey. and it's just the wrecked body of Orican, like crushed yeah. and worn, and yeah. he's dug his way down here over yeah. the centuries. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Isn't it like taking him like two thousand years to do this? Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's three centuries real time, but he yeah. had no way of knowing which way he was digging. So yeah. <laughs> every time he found out he was digging in the wrong direction, he'd reverse time. Time, yeah. And try a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. genius. And, you, you know, Orican's like, don't do it, man. Hey, listen, I figured out what it means, what the signal means. Don't. It's yeah. not worth it. Don't do it. <laughs> and he's, like, he's even saying to him, like, no, I'll say you won. You know, honestly, just yeah. don't. Just don't open it. It's just not worth it. Um, yeah. But uh, Trazen does yeah. anyway. <laughs> Trazen opens that, that sucker up. That's um, it. Yeah, and uh, really interestingly enough, there is life within. Mm. Because when they opened the tomb the very first time in the tunnel underwater, a whole bunch of seawater flowed in there. Yeah. Uh, and ever since, all the animals in there that have evolved to feed off the energies of the generator in yeah. this tomb. That's which so is. Cool really weird mm. and interesting yeah ah oh, it's cool and uh yeah because uh, at this point sort of trazin sort of sees a stone army of necrontier mm. as he as he sort mm. of uh looks in and, and orican manages to get sort of in through the portal in the nick of time you know before it sort of uh closes but um 
And it's quite, mm. it's quite, again, a bit poetic here where, because obviously Oricon is trying to get to the portal, like to get into, into there before, again, before it sort of shuts. And because obviously in the state he's in, he's never, you know, and obviously because of biotransference, he's never felt old. You know, he's never got that because obviously he was, you know, Necron tier, wasn't that old and went and became a Necron. Whereas he's actually, because obviously his body and, and everything's letting him down, he's actually, it's the first time he felt old and decrepit. Like, cause he's, yeah. he, you know, he effectively got robbed of feeling old, you know, as a, as a Necron tier. And like, in, ironically, it sort of, uh, you know, he gets to feel it now at this point. Mm. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy, and he manages to just barely get himself through before the portal mm. shuts. Yes. Yeah. The dramatic effect. <laughs> yeah, and then, <laughs> then we get to see the inside, and, tra- and it just says, Trazen wanted everything. Yes. And I think that is so perfect. Like, he wants to put it in a vault and never touch it. He wants yeah. to f- explore it by flying on a barge so that yeah. he doesn't move the dust. Yeah, he's, like, he's obsessed with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like it is. To be fair, it's super impressive. Like mm. the pathway is lined with the glyphs of uh, glyphs speaking the names of enemies of this dynasty, so that when when his uh, followers took his body into this tomb, uh, Nefreth's followers that is took Nefreth's mm-hmm. body in. Uh, they he would literally be carried over everyone he had ever defeated. <laughs> <laughs> which is like, wow. That is... Uh, and yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like this big terracotta army, and very important, like I said, they're Necron tears, not Necrons. Mm. And like, all these statues are like, they're worn away from millennia in seawater, and Trayson's yeah. like, oh god, I should have stasis-locked the water, and also, then yeah. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, and then another part was like, oh, but if I'd seen, like, an actual accurate depiction of the Necron tier, I might have just passed out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this is his shit. He loves this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. Is, this is his bag. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he opens the tomb, and we get to see the actual Vishani at this point, the real, you know, who, yes. uh, you know, blinking on and off sort of in the corner because <laughs> mm. yeah. i think at this point she sort of you know damaged and sort of slightly crushed at this point i think yeah that right yeah. yeah yeah um and you know orican tries one last time to stop trace and trace and just beats the crap out of him yeah uh you know it's like he you know it's how dare you touch me how dare you do this and this and this and this and you're always trying to ruin everything uh and orican's like Trayson isn't listening, but like, listen, the message is do not be deceived. Yes. Keyword deceive. <laughs> yes. Um Yeah, and there's Vishani's body in the sort of central tomb where there's this sarcophagus uh behind four ceiling doors, and um in the the sarcophagus covered by these stasis fields, and in it is this perfectly preserved body strong limbs, he's got muscles, he's got golden tattoos, he's wearing necrodermis amulets and bracelets of platinum, and wearing this full golden death mask. And, like, Trazen literally, like, collapses crying. And, like, <laughs> yeah. this is the first living member of his species he's seen in 65 million years. Yeah. Well, not living, but the first real, I guess. Yes. Like, not a skeleton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, it is. it is a big... It's a big 
deal and he's like he he's weeping he's like we have to use this i can't put this on display we need to use this to like rebuild the necron tier mm. to escape being necrons like we have to being being flesh is precious <laughs> yeah. like he's coming to that realization and then inside the stasis field the body sits up <laughs> <laughs> It, 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 it's funny actually just before we get get on to that it's quite yeah. funny where you sort of mentioned about obviously using the this you know body of uh, of nefreth to um to obviously resurrect the necron tier it's it's funny because both of them want the same thing but in different directions i mm. they're both stuck as necrons in these sort of immortal bodies but effectively trazin wants to go back in a way being net you know to be necron tier to be flesh again Whereas yes. uh, Oricon is pushing in the other direction where he doesn't want to be really in, uh, you know, in a Necron anymore, but he wants to be like an energy type being. Mm. So they're both wanting yes. the same thing, but in completely different directions. Yes. Which is and, quite uh, for, mm, And for Oricon, like the, one of the reasons he wants to find this is A, to destroy the body so they, they can't mimic the, the genome or anything. Again. But also Nefreth was called Nefreth the Untouched for two reasons. I don't think we yes. touched on this. One nope. is his body was untouched by the terrible cancers that blighted mm-hmm. all Necrons. Mm-hmm. And two, he's called untouched because he had no battle scars. Because it, when yeah. he fought, he projected his soul onto the battlefield mm. through technology and personal focus and became essentially an astral being, yes. much like Orican has started doing. And yeah. so he's like, oh, this is the path forward to teach everyone this. So mm-hmm. find this body and any clues left behind. Um, but hey, it's not Nefreth because, uh, <laughs> Trazen, the infinite overlord of Solomonus, master of the prismatic galleries, a being who had known death a thousand times and captured the most wild and terrifying things in the galaxy began to scream, uh, because <laughs> it's the deceiver. Yes. Key <laughs> yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Or at least a shard of the deceiver as well. Oh, it's like, uh, I, I think the word they use that best is it's an rogue amalgamation. Yes. Technically it. speaking, this is several shards locked mm-hmm. together to mm-hmm. form one super powered Katan shard, shard effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> super shard of the deceiver. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, you know, the deceiver's like, hey, I guess I should be thankful, but it did take you a really long time to get here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ch- child Trazin, because that's how he, he refers yeah. to him as well. Child Trazin and Child Orican. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Really and, plain you know, Yeah, and Trazin's like, you stole Nefreth's body. He's like, no, no, I am Nefreth. Like, before your kind betrayed me, I split part of my body off and replaced <laughs> Nefreth as a babe. Like, the the Catan disguised itself as a literal baby yeah. and, like, rose him up as this, you know, <laughs> why do you think he wasn't subjected to disease and decay? He wasn't lucky genetically. Yeah. He was a god. Yeah. Of course he didn't get sick. Of no. course he could project an energy form, quote unquote. He was just a Catan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate deceit. Yeah, like, why would I do that? Well, you know, you're never going to convince 100% of people to go for the robot body thing. No. So what what you do is you give them a figurehead to rally around, and, hey, suddenly all of them are in one place. You can take care of them all. Yeah, it's clever. (laughs) 
so damn clever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and um, yeah, it moves on to the next chapter where the sort of deceiver reveals that he basically took advantage of Vashani when she was, mm. I think she was just checking a fault, wasn't she? Uh, yeah, at she this was point. fixing the generator. That's it. And then in turn, you know, used her to basically manipulate Trazin and Oricon to to find him, which, mm. you know, again, makes sense. Uh, and, and also a key thing, it, it, it notes at this point that obviously Trazin's obliterator was obviously mm. needed to be part of it. Because obviously if you, it, there's been previous times where Vashani, uh, you know, this ghost of Vashani, you know, has manipulated by the deceiver, has been sort of saying to Oricon, it's like, no, we need Trazin for this mm. Trazin definitely yeah. needs to be part of this. And obviously like Oregon's like, why the hell do we need Trazin to open this tomb and everything? And obviously that's part of it. Cause he's obliterator mm. is, uh, you know, a special weapon that can uh, yeah. help do that as well, which is really yeah, cool. Break through the seals on the tomb itself. That's yeah. it. So yeah, it's, uh, it's fight time now. <laughs> it's time. It's time to do what Necrons do best, which is kill gods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's sort of how this sort of remainder of the of this or these next sort of three or four chapters sort of play out, really, isn't it? It's yeah, main... yeah. It's all a big fight. <laughs> well, and do you know what? It's funny actually because I was I was reading a comment. I think it was on Reddit. So when I read a lot of these books, I always quite like to read other mm. people's comments. And yeah. it's funny that someone sort of compared this fight with the deceiver or the shards mm. of the deceiver as like a, as like a, an RTS video game, like they're gathering <laughs> resources and yeah, sort of resource right. management and sort of, you know, trying to do different things, you know, especially when Oricon's taken over to, to try and sort of guide the, mm. you know, all the troops mm. in various locations. Yeah. It's like, it plays like, like uh, an RTS. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, man, I was thinking, um, Hey, spoilers for Marvel movies. I was thinking of the end of uh, end game. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, that would yeah. work. <laughs> Just yeah. summon all the different armies. Which yeah. is there's actually what is it? Um so so the uh the statues in the tomb are actually Necrons covered in clay. Yes. The reason they're all pointing inwards towards the tomb is because they're here to stop the deceiver breaking out. Yes, um, not the other way around. You know, yeah, you know, we'll we'll need an army. <laughs> so Oricon's <laughs> like, I hope you brought an army, and Trey's like, You think so little of me. I brought five. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah and it, it is essentially just a it's, it's a very cool fight but it's essentially just a very big fight yes um so what happens is orican is busy on like i would i would call um mental countermeasures because yeah the deceiver is like opening rifts in reality and corrupting necrons with the flare mm-hmm. virus or mm-hmm. taking over their command protocols and all that kind yeah. of thing whereas Trazen, as part of his bringing five armies brought five, clo- uh, not five, ten clones of himself. Yeah. Like, Lich Guard, uh, pre-programmed to have his body, and they just start marching out of this vault, and Oricon's like, I think I've had this nightmare before. Yeah, I love that comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, so, uh, Trazen, as an overlord, is in charge of, like, the actual logistics of fight here, fight there. You know, we need reinforcements here, we need reinforcements there, while Oricon's just like, no one turn keep keep the deceiver from controlling everyone yeah um and then Trazen just goes hog wild it's random bullshit to electric boogaloo yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> he he throws out the maritime infantry forces from serenade uh yep. apparently a few regiments managed to get off planet during the exterminatus and then mm-hmm. Trazen just went back and sort of uh hoovered them all up 
uh, in the intervening centuries. Yeah. Um, so he, he's got his own little private guard army, which he brings out. Um, and then, you know, he's uh, fighting some shards because the shard splits itself up to better cover the ground and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So he's fighting a couple of these lesser Catan shards on his own. He's like, oh, this isn't going to do. Uh, what do I have that can fight really well in melee? Oh, I've got a pocket full of gene stealers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love that image that it, it shows as well, where they literally like smother the shard mm, and then the, the yeah. shard, because obviously, because they, they damage it so much that obviously, because it's, it's literally, you know, energy in, uh, mm. in there as well. It literally explodes and you've got these gene yeah. stealers that are flying everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Um, he pulls out some gene stealer aberrants, yep. uh, along with their medical, I forget the name of the unit, but the, the guy with the cattle prod leader, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. to fight it. He also pulls out a whole bunch of orc storm buys. Yeah. They were really happy because they were in the middle of fighting a bunch of necrons <laughs> in space. And now they're in a cave and they're fighting a bunch of necrons. And the boys are really enthusiastic, these storm boys. Uh, but th- this is Chekhov's hunter killer missile. Mm. Because the, the, the Stormboy leader uses a hunter killer missile as a jetpack. As like, you know, Orican's like, well, Trazen, they're effective at bogging it down, but I don't think they can do much damage. Trazen goes, ah, yes, but note the long white missile on the leader's back. Yeah. At which point he just rams head first into the receiver and explodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where it's great because I love the fact that we're now seeing the sort of the fruits of what's been happening over this novel where mm. obviously he's been you know, yeah. capturing these, these, uh, these armies or little forces and now mm. lets them loose all, all at the same time, basically just, yes. to, yeah. just to fight on his behalf. So we, like I said, we yeah. have the storm boys where we see the Gargan come out as well. Mm. Uh, yes. And then obviously finally the Exodites as well on their, uh, yeah. on their dinosaurs. And the Farseer knew all along, we tried to warn you, but of course you wouldn't listen. That's how it had to be. So now we'll die here for you. And <laughs> like, wow, oh, okay, Farseer. Yeah. <laughs> sure, you, sure you saw all that. Yeah. Sure. I don't think you could have predicted this. <laughs> it seems a little yeah, off, the, off, the, off the cuff, but I'll take it. you got you got a reputation to maintain. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to, to finish this off, the Deceiver really wanted that gem, that solar gem full of Eldari energies and souls and stuff, right? What better... And that's why he kept asking for it. Vishani kept asking for it, because Vishani was the Deceiver. How are we going to beat a Katan in hand-to-hand combat? No one can do that. They're impossible to beat, unless Orokan eats an entire Infinity Circuit's worth of Eldar and uses <laughs> their energy to become God. Yeah. It's only for a little while. Um, yeah. yeah, so Orokan devours essentially this, this solar gem and goes Super Saiyan times three. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's cool because actually this, I like the way it's sort of described as well when he sort of goes into this mm. sort of godhood or te- like it's a temporary yeah. godhood because he sort of ends up looking down on the fight because obviously he literally mm. ascends beneath um, him. Beneath him. And, <laughs> um, and also, he can't remember Trazin as such at this point. Mm. Like he's already forgot Trazin. Um, all he knows is he's hungry for energy. Um, and he mm. sort of, then he effectively like take out like six planets. He does sort of some sort of yes. weird yeah. warp thing, warp jump. Yeah. So the, of- um, the, the Katana is trying to attack him. And so he opens a rift in reality. That's it. At, to essentially absorb the attack. And the way this works is 
he didn't block the attack. He just sent the attack somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, he yeah. opened this rift opens above a solar system, and these six bolts of energy just fly out and blow up six planets. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the way it's Stuff sort of done. Like, like oh well. Yeah. <laughs> whatever happened to those planets? Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Were they inhabited? Who knows? I don't care. I'm God. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's cool. He and then obviously. It. Takes, take, yeah. yeah, literally eats the uh, like it's like a like a vampire, isn't it? Really, just mm. sucking the energy out of the uh, out of the Catan, uh, and then yeah, and then it sort of finishes with you know Orican's now back into his sort of normal form, and he's sort of mm. effectively shaking, and you know, like, Traz is yeah. like checking him over, like uh, you know, and uh, you're right, uh, you're right, <laughs> yeah, you know, are you okay? And he's and you know, Orican's quite shook up, and he he sort of he sort of says he's scared of the other one. Um, which mm. I'm presuming it was his sort of god form in a way. Yeah, like, yeah. I've seen that's why he, he, he was referring to. He did not to. like to be that ascendant. Yeah, he he want he wants to ascend beyond these like constrictive bodies, but he doesn't want to lose who he is, which is what yeah. happens when yeah. he does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, all I've written for my note here is the pair set aside their differences. They both go, "Hey, this place is way too dangerous. Yeah, we gotta we're gonna lock all these shards up." And then we're going to seal the door and we're going to never tell anyone about this place because no one can ever come here again. Uh, truce, truce, cool, yep. excellent. Yeah. Um, and that's the end of the book. No, it's not. Yeah. Epilogue. Nope. Psych. <laughs> Trazen was, Trazen was lying and he stole a shard of the deceiver. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. He stole a Catan <laughs> and he put it in the middle of his planet and he is questioning it on how to yeah. get inside the Great Rift. Yeah. Because I can only assume he wants to put... Actually, this would be a fun lead-in. Mm. Will Trazen go into the Rift, and in order to complete his War in Heaven gallery, capture Slanesh in a, in a Tesseract <laughs> vault, and lock it away so that we finally have a matchup for AOS and 40k on why Slanesh yeah, is around? That would be great. <laughs> that would be a really cool parallel between we, the two. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't know, but like he, he's planning to get into the Great Rift. Um, yeah. Yeah, because he, 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 he feeds him a smaller shard, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. feeding him little little bits and this is the this is the thing because he can't remove the shard from here now because it's built into the planet. Mm. But to get information out of it, he has to feed it. But feeding it makes it grow stronger. So he's walking that fine line, yeah, of giving it just enough to keep it sated and willing to answer questions, but mm. without letting it break loose. Yeah. Um. And Orican knows that Trazen broke the truce, uh, because Trazen took Vishani's head from the <laughs> vault as well when he stole that shard um and orican stole the head back <laughs> mm. yeah <laughs> and is now plotting to destroy solemnness uh, everything's back to how it was yeah that's it feud continues. good old rivalry i think this <laughs> is the most satisfying and no progress was made ending that's ever been in a warhammer book yeah it's <laughs> like you, you know how it is like two characters face off you know that probably neither of them is going to die but yeah. And usually that that gets rid of all the drama, but in this one, like, no, that's the point. The point mm. is, this is never going to end. Yeah, it's good. Exactly. It should be like this. <laughs> so good, so so good. Mm. Yeah, that's the end of the novel. Wow, oh, what a good book. Uh, it, oh it really is. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I think we can we could be here all day, sort of saying how good this is. And I and mm. it, again, repeating myself, I think that 
us going through it like we did. It's cool, obviously. You know, if you feel that hmm. that you're never going to read this because of you know various reasons, then cool, you've got a cool overview of it. But I still yeah. sort of say to go and read it, even though even if it's you've listened it. to this, it's so worth yeah. it because we're not doing it justice because we're just no. you know chatting <laughs> about it. You know, you need to see the actual words on the page and how it's described because yeah. you know it's yeah. so much better than we could ever do by talking about it. So don't don't miss out on that. Uh, you know, especially, you know, with the ways you can sort of consume it as well. So, yeah, it, it's so good. I know we were saying that right at the start, but, it, you know, and this is one of the sort of novels that I think in X amount of time I'll probably read it again, you know, just, just mm. oh, for yeah. the entertainment of it. It's so good. And there'll probably be <laughs> things that, you know, that you haven't missed or, you know, tied together and such like. But, yeah, it's so good. It really is. And, and also what you've got to remember as well, as, and I could be wrong on this, but I'm, very sure i'm not that this is robert rath's like first proper black library novel obviously he's done yes. some short yes. little stories but this is you know as a first novel oh like yeah full, this wow is amazing start yeah looking forward to any more he does oh. i would really love to see some more stuff from him <laughs> yeah he may become he may become our new josh reynolds you know take that mantle take that crown <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah mm. it's no, so good. And like I said, I hope yes. you enjoyed listening about it. But um, <laughs> I think that's, you know. Like, that's us, like, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What else exactly. can we say? <laughs> I was going to say, I think we've said all we want to say about this, really. So, mm. uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll end the, the show there. So, uh, Cameron, where can people find you on the old internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore Twitten. That's night without a K. Come follow me if you want to see... Uh, me messing around with Demon Souls photo mode. I've got a PlayStation Five now. Hooray! My hobby is going to go down dramatically. Oh no! <laughs> um, <laughs> um, if you want to see my hobby stuff, you can either hop over to Instagram at realm underscore and underscore ruin, or you can head over to the podcast Twitter at realm and ruin, uh, where I also tend to post my hobby updates every now and then. Uh, like I said, I haven't been doing a ton lately, so I haven't mm. done much there. Uh, okay. yourself yeah you can also find me on twitter as well at ninja badger seven um must do more on there but i always say that um <laughs> nothing new there <laughs> uh, that's my my rivalry myself and my twitter mm. page um <laughs> so yeah you can and like cameron said you can check out our podcast one on there as well and again don't forget our great discord server we have, we've got some new more members recently uh always mm. happy to have you as part of the community uh free to join you know get on it mm. if you ever want yeah. some nice company in that nice lovely warhammer environment so mm. that's been episode 66 uh next episode will be the last realm episode of 2020 oh and God. then after that will be our end of year show so not only yeah. a couple more episodes left this year oh, which is gosh. quite scary to... out, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh looking forward to those and um, as always, you know, be good to each other. Don't tell anyone else how to do their hobby. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye bye, everybody. Bye.